I am Danielle McCartan. Danielle in the daytime. Danielle McCartan in the midday. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up until 1 p.m. today on this 1st of January 2022. And let me along, you know, be among the first to welcome you into the new year. What better way to do it than right here on the fan with you, me, and Big Zoo behind the glass. He's taking your calls at 877-337-6666. We're coming to you live. From the Mike Francesa studio, the Carton and Roberts studio here in Lower Manhattan. So we will load up the phones with your best content only, please. And thank you. And uh, wow, it is the fourth midday show in four days for me. And I've certainly enjoyed it. I hope you have too. Shout out to Spike Eskin, David Mayarnik, especially for these midday shifts. I really do love them. And, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty of all of this today, right, over the next couple hours, if you're just waking up, if you're just tuning in, if you just heard from Marco, I, I do regret to inform you that Dan Reeves, football lifer and former Giants head coach, named NFL Coach of the Year in his first year with the Giants, has passed away. The Reeves family released a statement to NFL Network's Mike Garofalo that reads, uh, this is a quote, legendary NFL player and coach Dan Reeves passed away earlier this morning, peacefully and surrounded by his loving family at his home in Atlanta, Georgia. He passed away due to complications from a long illness. His legacy will continue through his many friends, players, and fans, as well as the rest of the NFL community. Arrangements are still be to be determined. That from the Reeves family to, to Mike from NFL Network, Mike Garofalo from NFL Network. So our condolences this morning on this first day of 2022 to the family of Dan Reeves. He was 77. A programming note. With the Bucks in town, I've got a great friend of the show, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers sideline reporter, TJ Reeves. No relation. They're spelled differently. Uh, he'll be up a little bit later in the show. So if you're new here, you know, this is something that I like to do. I, I thoroughly enjoy doing it, getting the opposing team's perspective. So the outside perspective of the going-ons around here. So TJ Reeves, no relation to Dan Reeves. Uh, he'll be with us a little bit later in the show. I don't know about you, but in 22, I want to send some positivity, some good vibes, and some New Year's resolutions for our New York football and baseball team. So we'll start with the Jets first. You know, Robert Sala said just yesterday, he said the foundation has been laid here. That first year is so big in terms of just setting a foundation and a culture and a standard of what you're trying to accomplish day in and day out. I feel like we've done that. That a quote from Robert Sala. He continued to say, year one, this is this is about what it looks like, at least in the four other experiences that I've had. Well, that's encouraging. Now that this New York regime is got his guy at quarterback, Zach Wilson, the franchise, the Jets front office between now and April should take a really hard look at and do an intense case study on that of Andrew Luck. He was, as you know, the franchise in Indianapolis. The number one overall pick in that 2012 draft. Andrew Luck earned four Pro Bowls, three in a row at one point. And he took the Colts to the playoffs in every season that he was a Pro Bowl quarterback. And he walked away from the game of football smack dab in the middle of his prime. 
Why? Well, come on. You know the story. The Colts did absolutely nothing to help him out in terms of pass protection. He was sacked on average over his six-year career. You know, he had the one season off, which we'll get to in a second. But in the six seasons that he actually played, he was sacked on average 29 times each and every one of them. Zach Wilson so far this season? And remember, he sat for a few weeks with an injury already this season, which I guess ironically he, he, he sustained on a sack, no less, Zach Wilson. But Zach Wilson has already been sacked 35 times in a Jets uniform. And there's still two more games to play against two, I'm going to say it, elite defenses. Tampa Bay and Buffalo. So Andrew Luck averaged 29 sacks, you know, being sacked 29 times in a season. Zach Wilson's already at 35. And in terms of the, the tone-deaf front office of the Colts and Andrew Luck, I mean, come on, scan their draft boards after they drafted Andrew Luck. Rare are the offensive line selections. And the most egregious example came in the 2015 draft. The Colts used their first-round pick on a wide receiver, Philip Dorsett. They did not draft an offensive lineman until the seventh round. Luck took 41 sacks that next season and then missed the entire next season after that with a very serious shoulder injury. Then a new GM comes in. Chris Ballard, he came in 2018. He drafted Quentin Nelson with a sixth overall pick. Braden Smith, 37th overall pick. Two guards. And the result, that season, the Colts only allowed 18 sacks the whole year. And Andrew Luck was NFL's comeback player of the year. Magic, right? No, just just, just strategy. Problem for Andrew Luck was that it was all just a little too late. The, the damage on, on Andrew Luck was already done. Irreversible. So after playing just 86 games in the NFL, Andrew Luck, the number one overall pick in the 2012 draft, retired in August of 2019 at the age of 29. So let this be a cautionary tale from the New York Jets and their number two overall pick, Zach Wilson. Yes, the Jets traded up to, to, to pick 14th overall in that same draft to select Elijah Vera Tucker. And if you're a fan of this show, it's a move that when I had Cynthia Freeland on way back in draft time, Cynthia Freeland and I both thought that the Jets should make, and we predicted that they would do it. Great minds think alike, right? And then the Jets actually went out and did it. So good for them because Vera Tucker has played so far this season 920 snaps. And he's allowed one single sack so far this season. So only one of those 35 you can pin on Vera Tucker, which is good. So along that same vein, in, in this new year, the Jets front office needs to realize that they are not finished with that line. It needs to study that Colts model after the team figured out that they ruined their most prized possession, Andrew Luck. Everyone around here knows that the Jets didn't really help Sam Darnold out at all with any sort of protection. And him, like Andrew Luck, for Zach Wilson, it starts and ends up front. The Jets cannot afford to miss on, which I hope would be an, uh, you know, uh, an offensive lineman selection in this upcoming draft. That's what I'm anticipating. So put the work in, study the tape, run the guys through drills on your own, Show up at the showcases, conduct every interview necessary to get a full picture of, of the human being that you're drafting as well as the player. All of it. In other words, Jets front office, please leave no stone unturned. The franchise depends on it. And the health 
of the franchise quarterback depends on it. For the Giants, I hope that in the year 2022, the New York Giants can find their identity. And by that, I mean up and down the organization. We'll look at three areas. The first being probably the most important, the front office. Things in life evolve, right? Everything is in a state of evolution. In reality, the only constant in life is change. So with that principle in mind, the giant way needs to evolve too. For years, it worked, especially in recent history. And in a time that I've been on planet Earth, the Giants have won three of their four franchise Super Bowls. And while I don't have a single memory of the 1991 Super Bowl, I was in college for and went to the parade after the Giants beat the Patriots that first time. And then I, of course, have memories of when they beat the Patriots the second time, which was now 10 years ago. So as it pertains to the front office, my resolution for the Giants would be to find their identity by evolving the Giants' way mentality and be willing to think outside the box. Because without drastic changes made to the roster, the Giants at this moment, and I know a lot will change from now until opening kickoff next season, but at the moment, the Giants are looking at the fifth worst salary cap situation for next season. And right now, and I'm I'm rounding these numbers a little bit here for the sake of brevity, but right now, the Giants' projected payroll for next season figures to be $207 million-ish. That would leave them a free, I wanted to be exact here, $3.9 million. That's it. They can, though, improve for free in this upcoming draft. And as it sits right now, the Giants own the number five overall pick, and that's that's their own. And with a win tomorrow, you know, they have the Bears pick. And if the Giants beat the Bears, right now that pick pick sits at number eight. But if the Giants beat the Bears, it depends on whatever else happens around it, but that could go up. And not to mention the Giants also have two third-round picks. So my my advice would be to, to improve that scouting department drastically. Should a new general manager come along, because as of right now, there are no vacancies in East Rutherford, but should a general manager's position open in the near future, the Giants need to look for an outside candidate. Any internal candidate, I'm sorry, it just it's not going to suffice. Like Kevin Abrams has been brought up, who in his 23rd season with the Giants, I mean, come on, I, I don't like the idea to, to promote from within for the simple fact that these are the people that have contributed to this catastrophic decline over the past five, six, seven, maybe eight years. Don't perpetuate the status quo in 2022. Establish an identity starting with a new, fresh perspective GM, preferably one with a strong scouting background as well. And and the second way, as it pertains to coaching, the Giants can change their identity a little bit. Well, I'd want for Joe Judge to be self-cognizant and self-aware enough to manipulate and fill out his coaching staff with people that compliment him. No, not not in that way. Not in the sense that people will pay him compliments. No. But with people that are going to not be yes-men to him. People that will challenge him. People that will challenge his decision-making. It's competitive. It's healthy. And it's natural. And it's it's the only way. Only then can he take major step forwards in his growth and development as a head coach in the NFL. Joe Judge, nobody is perfect. But 
to be the best of the best in any profession. You've got to evaluate and recognize where your weaknesses lie. And then for you as a coach, you have to find and hire people to plug those holes. The team is going to benefit by that. And the number three thing for the Giants in this new year, of course, establish an identity for the product on the field. I mean, I think it goes without saying that the value of an offensive line has been clearly underrated in East Rutherford. Dave Gettleman mentioned the importance of having a good one in his opening press conference in 2018. I went back to it. I went back to it at 6.30 this morning just to be sure. And then he doubled down on those comments in, in April 2020 by saying, this is a quote, we've got to fix the old line. Let's be honest. Let's not kid each other. I believe in hog mollies. They allow you to complete, uh, compete. That's a quote from, from uh, Dave Gettleman. Okay, following the timeline here, that season, that season that followed that quote, Pro Football Focus labeled the Giants' offensive line as the worst in football. And then in the subsequent draft, they picked not one single hog molly. So you tell me. Oh, and then what about the value of a good backup quarterback? Clearly also underrated in East Rutherford. I mean, Fromm and Glennon, who thought that was a good idea? Jake Fromm from this week, assessing his terrible play from last week, said, I kind of went back to the old saying, and I just remember this back in high school, it's never as good as it seems, and it's never as bad as it seems. For the Giants somehow, for whatever reason as of late, it is always as bad as it seems. So zooming back out here, the big picture of the year for the New York Giants in this new year really needs to just reestablish and evolve their identity. And before I get into the Yankees and the Mets, I have a resolution for the game of baseball as a whole. I think you know where I'm going with this. I hope that the owners and the Players Association make it a priority, make it their resolution to stop their games, to sit down at the table like adults, and to work out a plan to start this baseball season on time. The livelihood of the game depends on it. And so a New Year's resolution for the New York Yankees is something that I think all Yankee fans can get behind. Stop worrying about the money. Stop penny-pinching and start shopping on Fifth Avenue, not Canal Street. Forbes in May came out with a list of the 2021 world's most valuable sports teams. They valued the Yankees at $5.25 billion, with a B as in boy, dollars. $5.25 billion the Yankees are worth. That's good for second best on the Forbes list of 2021's world's most valuable teams. You want to take a guess at number one? You want to take a guess at number one? Do you want to do it? Tell me, who's number one? Uh, I, ooh, I'm i having a tough time right now, actually. <laughs> you nodded. I, th- I thought I had something at first, and then it, it, it <laughs> fleeted away from my mind. <laughs> All right, you sure? Yeah. All right, me. the number one answer. I feel like we should play Family Feud here. The number one answer, bing, the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. Dallas Cowboys are last year, Forbes 2021. World's most valuable teams. Uh, it Number makes one. sense, actually. America's team. America's team. America. <laughs> but number two, though, is the Yankees. Okay? Number two is the Yankees. In terms of value, only the Cowboys are, are worth more than the Yankees. And in case you're wondering, in that year of May of 2021, the Knicks were listed as the third most valuable team. So we got the Cowboys as number one, the Yankees, and the Knicks. In fact, Forbes cited the five-year change in value for the Yankees. 
as having a 54% growth over those years. So, how Steinbrenner and company loosen the vice grip on the money bags, let the combination to the safe go, and just let it flow. Because the Yankees are going to need to allocate cold, hard cash to Aaron Judge. They're going to need to have to allocate cold, hard cash to that pitching rotation, which is a disaster. And they're going to have to probably allocate some cash to a suitable shortstop, whether that be just for the short term or for the long term. Because if it's me, I'm not giving up any sort of prospects to, uh, to address the shortstop position. Not yet, anyway. Maybe two or three years from now. Because the Yankees have the prospects. Volpe, Peraza, we'll see. But with Hal has made it a point to stay under the luxury tax for years. I say, just do it already. The last I checked, the name of the game was to win the World Series every year. Not just compete for it. Am I right, Yankee fans? And then from an owner in Hal Steinrenner who doesn't want to spend his pennies to one that pushed millions of them, maybe even billions of them, toward a pinnacle piece in his starting rotation right before the lockout. That's right, Steve Cohen and his most prized possession met so far this offseason, I'd say. Max Scherzer. The New Year's resolution for the Mets looks like this. No nonsense. No nonsense in the injury department and no nonsense in the -the off-the-field drama. In the injury department, speaking of Scherzer, he does come with some injury concerns. He determined himself too sore to take the mound of this past NLCS game six it was. And he complained then of, of dead arm. Probably just overuse, right? And what about the circus of, of Jacob deGrom's injury this season, this past season? I mean, he pitched to a league-best 1.08 ERA. 7-2, 92 innings, 15 starts for the first half of the season. Excellent. Lights out. And then came the MRIs. Then came missing a few starts. Then came, remember he, he was in, it was in Miami. And the reporters tried asking him questions, and he literally jumped into the stands and ran away from them. The arm, the lower back, the elbow pain. Then he was shut down for the season. Probably just overused, too, right, Mets fans? I think Mets fans would have appreciated a straight-line approach there, the no-nonsense approach. Here's what's going on. This is what's happening beyond that. Instead of the whole circus that it became, that it was allowed to become. And how about this? The the no-nonsense in the the off-the-field drama. Because really, all of that stuff is just a major distraction and a major detraction from the on-field successes. Case in point, would you agree with me when I say that Francisco Lindor seemed to be at the center of all of it? He finished the season with a .230 batting average, a .322 on-base percentage, .412 slugging, and only 20 home runs. How underwhelming. How disappointing. So for the Mets in 22, no nonsense. No rats, no raccoons, no thumbs downs. Whatever. The good news for the Mets, they did bring in a manager in Buck Showalter that you probably can also agree with me. He's not going to stand for any of that crap. So, new year, new them, right? All of them. We can all only hope. And before we go, just in case you missed it during your New Year's celebrations yesterday and last night, Georgia crushed Michigan in the Orange Bowl, and Alabama crushed Cincinnati. So the college football championship is officially set. Number one, Alabama versus number three, Georgia. That game will be, we have time to talk about that. That'll be January 10th at 8 p.m. And just in case you're tuning in just now, uh, 
I regret to inform you of the passing of Dan Reeves, football lifer, former Giants head coach. He was named NFL Coach of the Year in his first year with the team. Dan Reeves has passed away at home peacefully early this morning, surrounded by his loving family. And that's uh, a quote from the, the the statement released to NFL Network. Um, so our condolences this morning on this first day of 2022 to the family of Dan Reeves. He was 77 years of age. So let's get this going. I've set the table for you. Can't wait to talk with you. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan in the midday. Danielle in the daytime here on New Year's Day on the fan in New York City. Welcome to McCartan in the midday here on the fan on this New Year's Day. It's 2022. How many times? I know everybody says it, but I, it's true. I, I mean, I already did it once already this morning. How many times are you going to write 2021 down? I know. Happy New Year. Let me be among the first to wish you a, a happy new year. Uh, maybe you're just waking up from from whatever happened last night. You know, I was watching. Uh, I, I was preparing for the show, right? And then I finally turned all, all that off. And I was like, I need to go watch stuff on TV. And um, I, I turned on, you know, I was flip, channel surfing, you know, uh, and my probably my favorite one of, of all of the programs was the, uh, the Channel 4, NBC. I love Miley Cyrus, and I watched the last uh, 20 minutes of it, and then I flipped back to, you know, watch the New York one because they were in Miami. I didn't like that. So I watched the ball drop in New York. And by the way, um, I was just extra early this morning, like extra early, so I decided to take a little detour. I'll post the picture in a second. Uh, I drove through Times Square, and it was empty, empty, like actually empty, empty, perfectly spick and span clean. Shout out, shout out to the uh, to the uh, sanitation department. Shout out to them; they do amazing work. But I took a little tour through through uh, Times Square this morning in the car, and you know what I did? I pulled over, and I asked the tourist tourist take a picture of me right there in Times Square, and she did. Hopped back in the car and, and drove and finished the, the drive down here. So I'll tweet that picture in a minute. But that was pretty cool. I, I was I said to myself, if I have enough time, I'm going to do it. And I did. And then as soon as I kind of pulled into the, the, the spot in front here, parking meters are suspended. Yes. Uh, I got the news. If you're just tuning in, I just regret to inform you that the football world has lost another one of its power players. Dan Reeves, at the age of 77, passed away early this morning at his home in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was due to complications from a long illness, said the family. You know, Reeves won a Super Bowl ring both as a player and as an assistant coach, and he's appeared in nine in total, nine Super Bowls. He was a two-time AP Coach of the Year. One of them was with his first year with the New York Giants. He was 10th. Dan Reeves was 10th all-time in wins as a head coach with 190, and the football community is mourning the loss of yet another Titan just four years after, four four days after, you know, the passing of, of John Madden, the unexpected passing of John Madden. So let's turn this over to you at 877-337-6666 is the phone number to get aboard. And let's go to, in the order that you called, Eric in Staten Island. You're up on the fan. Eric, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay, great, great, good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, first of all, I'm a diehard Giants fan, so rest in peace to Coach Reeves. Yeah. Um, yeah, he brought some respectability back to that franchise. I remember my first two years watching was uh, Ray Handley and Dave Brown. You know, he, he brought them to the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Going on in the current Giants, uh, yeah, the front office, they got to blow everything up. We all know that, but I, I think they got to go further. They got to, they need a whole new scouting department. 
I almost think that they need a head of football operations, a president of football operations person, pick the GM. I think John Mara's got to take a step back. Yeah. But what I'm really calling about um, mm-hmm. is the draft. Yes. And uh, I was commenting on one of your Twitter posts. I was going back and forth with another person. I, the more I think about it, Eric, I think the was move that, is Eric, was that you yesterday? I, I, I was roped into this argument between the two of you. Was that you? Back and forth and back yeah. and forth? Oh, my the God. Guy, the other person wants to, tra- wants to reach for need, which is the worst thing you do. And he brought up drafting a center top ten, and that's when he lost me. Yeah. But uh, the move, the more I look at it, and it takes two to tango, but the move is trading back. No. Uh, definitely one of the picks. You know, this is not a quick fix. How far? But, but how far? How far are you going? I'm not saying, no, they should trade back and get the first-round picks for this year, too. I listen, it all depends. I'm just saying, in general, I think that's the move. I, I don't know. I, I, this, I, is a weak, this is a weak draft. Uh, you know, it's a weak draft, but if, if there's teams that want to take a quarterback, there's always teams willing to overtrade for a quarterback. And next year is the draft where if you want a quarterback, they're already mocking three guys top five. I don't see too many impact players in this draft. I really don't. They, you're not going to get the kid Hutchinson. You're not going to get the kid from Oregon. So to me, move back, move back, and you know, and what they really need to do is, I think they need to build up the defense. Obviously, you got a great draft a lineman somewhere with a second round pick, you know, get Saquon or Barkley's replacement with a third round pick maybe. But let's 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 go after let's improve the defense. Let's give Leonard Williams some help so he has someone next to him. And here's here's something crazy, Danielle. Since the Giants drafted Lawrence Taylor and uh, Carson mm-hmm. over 30, 35 years ago. Do you know how many uh, how many picks the uh, how many linebackers the Giants the Giants have drafted in the first and second round over thirty five years? Take a guess. Probably none. The way you're saying it. One, one. Quinn sent them, and he was a bust. That's crazy. Think about that. The Giants, who always had great linebackers, yeah. they have not drafted a linebacker in thirty five years, first and second round. Just one. Right, but Eric, but. We talk about week in, week out. I mean, the defense is is holding their own. This Giants current de- Giants defense is holding its own. When you look at that offensive line, it is awful. It is terrible. So I would be okay and open to moving back one or two or three notches. That's it. These that's what this. But, that's but, what I'm saying. You know, I'm saying I don't that's think it. that much of a difference at eight or fifteen. I think you could get a similar player on as an offensive lineman. Well, see, so, here's the thing: if you're the Giants, though, Eric, Eric, if you're the Giants, you're not going. I think you're not going similar player. You're going for the guy. You want the guy or the number two guy. That's it. You want to put a guy I don't on think that. that guy's there this year. I don't think it's a very weak trip. I don't think that the guy's there this year. I really don't. That's well, what I really want. See, to that's back. but that's something that's going to reveal itself in time, there, Eric. And and I have not done any sort of homework yet. It's way too early to do that uh, on any guys, any any you know how they profile, how they compare against other years. I haven't done any of that yet. The draft is in April. It's January. So. Eric, I promise you I will do that homework. In the listening audience, I, I will do that homework. But as far as what the Giants' strategy should be in this draft, I mean, you think about it this way. Daniel Jones is getting another year. So how do I say this? You draft a stud offense. Like, you can't miss. The Giants cannot afford to miss, literally. They can't afford to miss on, on their picks. So either you're going one stud offensive lineman or two stud offensive linemen, if the draft shall allow, or one stud offensive and one stud defensive. Either way, you're addressing the line. I wouldn't go linebacker just yet. Sorry. Unless there's a guy, which again, unless there's a guy that, that's outstandingly good. But if, if I would like to be two offensive linemen. You go two offensive linemen in this draft, okay? You get a sense next year of what Daniel Jones actually is. 
And if you like them, you keep them. If you don't like them, you move on, and then boom, you bring in a guy with a fortified offensive line already intact. I mean, I think of guys like Nick Mangold. I mean, he was there for, what was it, 10 years, more? That's what the Giants need to be looking at. That's that's what they need to be doing. They need to be finding guys that are going to be there, and they don't have to worry about it for the next X amount of years, five to seven years. They won't have to worry about it. And I know you can't predict injury and all that, but I'm talking talent-wise. They have to go out there and find themselves one or two stud offensive linemen talent-wise, and they can't miss. Because then you're going to see, just as I mentioned, the Colts in the open. Colts made the playoffs the year that they drafted two offensive linemen uh, in the with the sixth overall pick and the 34th overall pick. And by the way, this upcoming draft, as of right now, the Giants don't have a second-round pick. They have two first-rounders and two third-rounders. Let's go to Lake Mary, Florida. Michael, you're up on the fan. Hey, Happy New Year, Coach. You too, Mike. Thanks. A uh, couple of quick points with the Giants here. Um, one is, and I'm kind of piggybacking off the last caller a little bit, but I'm I'm with you. You got to you got the rare opportunity. These two number one picks high. You've got to address the line, and you've been seeing my tweets go back and forth with you. Build the line. Build the line. It's time to take care of it once and for all. And uh, I know I know you're not ready to do this yet, but when we get closer to the draft, we'll start evaluating some of these players. But there's definitely a way you could start building this line, pick one, pick two, and then, as you said, you know, see what you got after that with Jones because right. it's fine to do this, you know? And uh, and the other point about that, too, is uh, look at the Eagles. The Eagles are $62 million in dead cap space this, this, this year, yet they're one win away and help with one other team from making the playoffs. And why is that? Because they addressed their offensive line in the past. So they're rebuilding the right way too. Yes, so, it, it has to uh, it has to occur inside out. And then when the Giants picked Kadarius Tony, I was last year. Th- th- it's almost like they're mm-hmm. they're trying to do it from the outside in. And I'm like, no, yeah, it just just is just isn't the way to go. But once and for all, build it the way it should be. But yeah. coach, listen, you have a great New Year. We'll we'll talk soon. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate that. Um, and and that it, that though is the philosophy that I've laid forth for the New York Giants New Year's resolution. Evolve. The Giants' way has to evolve. Build it from the inside out. And it's win-win if you do it that way. I'm telling you. You will you might see a different Daniel Jones. I think you would see a different Daniel Jones. You might see a different running back, you know, with some holes that are actually open. Or you don't. But at least you got some guys up front that when you bring new guys in, they're already there. And they're going to be there. They're going to grow together. Gel together. That's what you're looking for. If I'm if I'm the Giants, if I'm GM of the Giants, that, that's what I'm doing. Let's go, Matt, at the Jersey Shore. You're up on the fan. McCartney in the midday, Danielle in the daytime. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Matt, at the Jersey Shore. You know it. <laughs> um, you got to wonder um, for one of your opening points if uh, once Jerry's done in Dallas, if his son is going to go by way of Howland in uh, the Bronx in terms of only worrying about the bottom line? Well, for Giants fans, uh, they hope so, don't they? <laughs> yeah, right? seriously. Right? Um, so the real, what I, what I called about was, first of all, I'm so hoping this new year brings us less uh, agita for all of our teams. Yes. Um, that's, 
that goes without saying. But when it comes to the Jets, I, I have two questions for you. First is, do you think the offensive line is more contributed contributory? Not a, is that a word? Yeah, it is. Um, to <laughs> to uh, Zach Wilson's struggles, or is it really him? You know, having growing pains as a rookie quarterback with mm-hmm. no, uh, you know, solid veteran backup there helping him. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And my other question is, overall as a team, and and I'm I'm going to preface my question by saying, Mr. McPherson said shockingly to me that they may be one year away, maybe one or two from seriously contending. Who? I find that who are. I thought I heard that. The Jets are one or two years away from seriously contending for what? A playoff spot? A, a what? Contending. He, he, I guess you left it vague in terms of, I guess, playing competitive football games. No. Uh, no. The I J- didn't think so either. I had to call him on that. Yeah, no. The, <laughs> J- the Jets are a little farther away than that. I, I would say contending for like... Because because you got to think about the competition around them, right? Because look at that AFC East. You've got Mac Jones, who looks to be the part... With the Patriots, yeah. you've got uh, yeah. um, Josh Allen with the Bills. Who, if they ever freaking drafted a running back, they would be in a Super Bowl. And, and those teams right. are ahead of you. So, so you're not competing for an AFC East championship. I would say within the next three years at least, you're going to be competing right. perennially for for a wild card spot every year. Right. right. So my question was, first of all, how realistic do you think that was? There's an answer to that. Yeah. But really, um, my my thought was almost like the gentleman before me for the Jets, is it probably time to start trading back to fill some big-time holes? You know, now now that we may have a foundation yes. that Mr. Solace said we supposedly have, who knows, could be just be coach speak, but we have, we have a lot of holes to fill. Might not want to waste such... This may be our last opportunity at the top of the draft. Let's, let's get some... You Difference know, makers, playmakers. Yes. Instead of outstanding. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. What do you think of that? Yeah, Matt, I like it. Um, so here's here's what I would say, the, going back to the first question of when when are the Jets going to be contending? I would say the Jets will be in serious contention, like upset special. They didn't win the division in three years. Okay. Uh, second, the, the, the sacks of, of Zach Wilson, what is it contributory to? It's probably a mixture of both. He's been sacked 35 times this year. That's a lot. And he's missed a couple games. Uh, and, I, and that's not Jets quarterbacks. That's Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has been sacked 35 times this season. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, who the Jets traded up to get, has allowed just one sack in 920 snaps this season. Stud. I'd like to see one more stud offensive lineman. Hopefully Becton's coming back. He sheds some weight and gets a little bit more nimble, right? And a little bit more agile. So Becton, Tucker, and someone else, you're set. And and why does I think why does he take so many sacks? Okay, there's that. There's also the fact that he's a rookie quarterback. Things are so slow for him to develop in front of him that he's not seeing things fast enough. And by the time he sees it, boom, the defense is on him. That's a John Madden line there. Boom, boom, the defense is on him. That's growing pains. He'll he'll make decisions quicker. He'll know at the line of scrimmage. Okay, this is I've seen this before. This is what he'll be be able to be predictive at the line of scrimmage moving forward. So it's kind of like a little bit of both. And with that other pick, 
I agree with you. The Jets should go out and get a playmaker on defense at whatever position is has the best player available. So we'll take more of your calls coming up uh, right here after this on The Fan in New York City. Morning on this New Year's Day, the first of 2022. Happy New Year to you listening. Happy New Year to you. I didn't even. I walked in here and I was like, "We got to make some plans for this Dan Reeves stuff here, Zoo." So Happy New Year to you. I didn't even say it to you. Happy New Year as well, Danielle. I I didn't do anything last night. You told me I should and I didn't. Hey, it happens. You know, it's it's it, me too. I was kind of just chilling, and it's what happens when we start to get old. <laughs> We're not old, okay? We are not old. That's true. That's true, actually. I should take that back. <laughs> Strike it from the record. Right? Um, so I see Miley Cyrus is trending. Did you see any of that? I did not. I actually, it's weird. I didn't, it was one of the first times I didn't really watch any of the shows. Mm. So I did. I, I explained a little bit before, and then I was, I love Miley Cyrus. So I was like, oh, let me go back to that. Oh, let me see one song, and then I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to pack this up for the night. And there was a wardrobe malfunction. No way. <laughs> you should have seen your face. Yeah, there's a, a she's singing um, uh, Party in the USA, right? And then all of a sudden she's like, nope, or whatever. And she like grabbed it and she ran to the back to get changed and came back out. And she was a total boss pro about it. And, and she continued it. And there's a line in the song. It's like, everybody's talking about me now. She's like, and everybody is talking about me now. And so she totally went with it. And, and it's it's awesome. And, and it's now trending. I saw it live, and now it's 200,000 tweets on Twitter are trending right now about it. When something like that happens, you have to own it. And that's that, I mean, that's what endears you to the people. Yeah. Not that Miley needs to endear herself anymore, but. Well, to some, maybe. But that's true. I love her, but she did an awesome job. It was, like, totally professional. And then she said she came out wearing, like, this. Um, somebody gave her their, their suit jacket, red. And she was like, this is the most clothes I've ever worn on stage. <laughs> it was funny. I laughed. It was funny. She did a great job with it. and But the, the background singers are kind of like looking at each other like, do we keep going? And then the trumpet player he was playing. He's like, uh. <laughs> it was funny, but it was good. She, she did a good job. It wasn't like, uh, what was that one year? Who was that in Times Square? Was it Mariah Carey? Mariah yeah. Carey it was with horrible. the lip syncing. Yes. Oh, horrible. that was bad. She didn't do it gracefully. No, no. no. That, was, that was very poorly uh, executed <laughs> lip sync. Oh, my God. So uh, my New Year's resolution for about three years, it's been the same thing. I live in, we were just talking about how we work together, right? How well we work together. And I, and I am very rigid. And my New Year's resolution is to do something new. One thing new a month. That's it. And I, it's been that way for like three years. I think it's a good one. That's a solid one. I mean, and it's not, I mean, some people go a little too over the top and it's like, I'm going to do something every day. And it's like, that's yeah, unrealistic. Right. Like one a month. Once a month. Perfect. Sweet spot. Keep it going, keep it moving, and you and you keep getting yourself maybe a little bit out of your comfort zone. Right. So I was thinking last night, what have I done? And I want to take too too long, but December I, I got a, a a massage facial for the first time like last week. I loved Ooh. it. I'll do that again. Uh, Brazilian jujitsu. I'll do that again. I did that for November. Okay. Yeah. And then there's just some things I will never do again. Um, I did the indoor skydiving in Paramus, the iFly indoor skydiving. Oh my God, no. Never again. So that's a no-go on Absolutely. That. I never want to jump out of a plane, and I definitely never want to jump out of a plane now. Forever. Never. And then the other thing, never again, shrimp cocktail. Yuck. 
Disgusting. Oh, wow. You were just saying you just tried it the other day. I know. It was disgusting. Oh, wow. <laughs> I expected it to be soft, and it wasn't, and that surprised me. Ooh, hard <laughs> shrimp. Oh, like shrimp cocktail, you know? Oh, I got you. I got yeah, you. I'm thinking. I don't know. I don't know about those. You know what the coolest thing I did? Hit me. My friend, in, I have a friend in Vegas, which I talked to you about her. We did a helicopter ride in Vegas at nighttime up and Ooh. down the strip. Oh, my God. If you've been to Vegas, if you're going, if you have plans to go, uh, 25 out of 10 recommend it. Do it. Have to. The 25 out of 10. Amazing. Yeah. I definitely do got to do that because that's, I mean, if it's a skyline, maybe not, but that beautiful. strip is beautiful at night. Yep. Wow. Okay. Good Good, good call on that one. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to write that one down, actually, right now. <laughs> so what's your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is to continue being patient. <laughs> Good. They put you with me for the past couple days. You're learning. <laughs> continue to be patient. Okay. It's a good one. That's not, it. It's all it's about. Not quantifiable, though. Yeah, but you know what? You can tell yourself you did it at the end. <laughs> all right. So we've got, I found some audio last night. Bill Belichick was asked, Maybe you were one of the 1.8 million people that has not yet viewed it on Twitter. Bill Belichick was asked on December 26th uh, by a, uh, a really good reporter about what his New Year's resolution was. Here it is. Hi. Um, football aside, sorry, but I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah. No, not right now. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> no, no, not right now. Like a good journalist, though, her name is Juliet Pennington. She's the Boston Globe. She followed up with him yesterday. Here was Bill Belichick's response from yesterday. New Year's Eve day. Um, have you had a chance to consider any New Year's resolutions since I asked you on Sunday? Yeah, they, they would all be personal, so it probably wouldn't mean anything to you anyway. Thank you. I mean, the first one was funny. The second time around, uh, kind of rude. I just thought kind of rude there. Obviously, she's going to follow up. With him, right? So I think Bill Belichick should be not to be as abrasive to people. Let's go to Kevin in Camden at 877-337-6666. You're up on the fan. Happy New Year, Coach. How are you? I'm great, Kevin. How are you? Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you. I, I want to talk about the um, my resolutions for the Giants and the Jets because I think that one for them is to win. But I, I agree with you that the Giants really should just you know address the the offensive line the entire draft because. Their whole their whole old line minus Andrew Thomas has been terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, Will Hernandez, I mean Matt Hurt. I mean, I go on and on. So I mean, that's what I think the Giants should do. And for the Jets, I think you're right because you don't know what Beckham's going to do. So you definitely need to go old line, and you definitely need a pass rusher for for um, the Jets too. Yeah. So I agree. I agree with that. I totally agree with you. I'm in sync there. Um, and I also want to say for the WNBA for a little bit, the Liberty hiring. Sandy Rondello mm-hmm. from the Phoenix Mercury. I think that's a great high. Yep. Great high. She's 150-108 in, in eight years with the uh, Mercury. She's been in the playoffs every year. She's won a title. Yep. It's the perfect high I've been seeing because you got UNESCO. You've got a lot of these young ladies who were, like, there was a lady who was an all-star. I forget her name. But they, they were a very good team. And I, I'm thinking, you're right, you know, right now they can win. And, and if, hey, if them, if them um, Liberty win. I'll take it, you know. Yeah. I'm one of the few who actually watches it. So. I know. I I'll, do, too. I'll take, I'll take a title anywhere we can get it at this point. So, you my know, New Year's resolution, though, yeah. for New York, is just to win. Because, you know, it's been nothing but losing these last 10 years. I want to I start this year fresh. I want to see all our teams do well. And for me personally, 
my New Year's resolution is just to be helping people and just try to be the best person I can be. Ah, Kevin, you always are, and thanks for that. I appreciate the call. Um, as far thanks, as coach. thanks, and we'll, we'll talk next time. Um, as far as the Liberty, and and this is just a philosophical thing. If you bring in an established head coach to a very young group of players with with some talent, like a lot of talent, then good things are going to happen. So good, good, good luck to New York Liberty moving forward because I, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And and the timing of that was kind of weird because I, I I I don't know I, I was thinking maybe they were going to try to bring back Becky Hammond, you know, in a coach role. She was a player there, obviously um, signed there as an un uh, you know undrafted free agent and uh, made a hell of a career out of it. But I thought maybe they were going to try and go after her. Because the timing of it was kind of weird to me. I just maybe think that the Liberty were not going to match the money of the Las Vegas Aces. That's kind of my thought there. That's when I heard that. Uh, let's go to Mel in Long Island. You're up on the fan. I, I I wanted to talk to you about something I heard on, of all things, Thursday afternoon. You were talking to a guy right before you got off the air, and he was ranting against all the Giants' current attitude and dumping all the coaches, and then he went way back to even when they fired and got rid of Parcells, mm -hmm. and you didn't say anything sort of a yeah, and I just wanted to correct that because they, what happened was that was after the second Super Bowl. What went on was there were all sorts of rumors during the run-up to, run to the Super Bowl right. that he was negotiating with Tampa Bay. After the Super Bowl, nothing happened. And then in the spring, when it got close to the season, Parcells walked away from the Giants and said something about some health issues. Mm -hmm. And they ended up with some yo-yo. I think it was Ray Hanley. And they had problems from then on. But it, the Giants did not get rid of Parcells. Noted. Thank you. All right, so I just—I was surprised that you didn't know that or, or make some sort of a comment. No, you know what? It probably was. It was right at the end of the show. We were probably—I might have did the back talk to the producer just to get the timing of the show. I, I apologize that I missed it. I, I definitely missed that. It was—you know—it was a production thing. I'm sure. Oh, Mel, there you go. Sorry, hung up there. <laughs> sorry about that. No, it—I'm it, sorry. I just—I missed it. It was one comment that I missed on on Thursday. And we'll just move forward from that. I mean, it, it, you know, sometimes sometimes as, as callers are on the phone, I'll, t I'll press the button. I'll say, hey, Zoo, how about this? You want to chime in on that or, or whatever? And then that's kind of how it is. And I miss three seconds of something. So that's that's probably what happened. I, I'm, that's, that's my guess, especially at the end of the show. We're trying to jockey for time and all that. Think we, see, think we can get one more? Let's do one more. Okay, let's go to Mitch in East Windsor, New Jersey. You're up on the fan. Mitch. Uh-oh. All right, Mitch, you're going to have to give us a call back there. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, let's go Richie in Queens. You're up on the fan. Go ahead. Hey, Daniel. How are you? All right, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm thinking about this upcoming year. I was thinking about Dan Reeves, too. Yep. I remember him in the in, in the playoff game and throwing that option pass. Um, I don't know if you, that's before your time, Daniel. But um, he was a good man. He was a real good, uh, I don't think he was the greatest coach, but he had some success. Uh, the tenth most very, wins of all time. Yeah, yeah, I just think a big spot, you know, but hey, look, he, his record speaks for itself. Yeah. So a good career. We lost him. We lost Betty White, who I loved. 
I know. Betty White was on. I work, I work on the floor of the exchange. She came down like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and I gave her a tour. She had just started hot in Cleveland. I don't know if you saw that. No. Uh, with Ber- Valerie Bertinelli. And she was 90 then. And what a, just a wonderful woman. And uh, and all indications were showing that she was going to make a hundred birthdays. So, I know they had all kinds of looked, plans and stuff for it. I know that was sad. I got yeah, that. I was driving she, home yesterday, and I was like, "Oh man, Betty White was trending," and I was like, yeah. "Oh no, I, I wanted to click on it, but I didn't want to click on it." Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and once you know, and they spoke to her three days before, but at ninety nine, you just never know. Yep. But I you know. Just, she, she went peacefully. She had a wonderful life, and more so, you know, she could have been in a wonderful life. Yeah. But um, yeah, a couple of things that we think of real quick. Obviously, we spoke about the Giants and what they need, and and, you know, I have no desire to watch the Giant game. I, to, to see Glennon, to see Frome, I just, and I'm, like I told you, I'm a Giant fan for 60 years. Uh, I am interested. Uh, I think I mentioned it to you. I, I think uh, i like to see Wilson step up. I think Wilson's yeah. going to have a good game. I think he's going to. It's going to score some points. Well, um, you you hope to see uh, it, know, Richie. Yeah, I, you, you yeah. Know. I mean, indications don't show that, but I just think he has shown a little progress. So that's all you can hope, root for at this point. Just see right. to see the progress. Right, and and, 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 and Richie, especially. McCartan in the midday here on the fan in New York City. I am Danielle McCartan. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Coach MCCARTA, and that's all I have time for. But, you know, Bill Parcells once said, you are what your record says you are. And that can be interpreted many different ways, for good, for bad, for positive, for negative. But in terms of um, the NFL losing uh, yet another Titan, um, John Madden, of course, four days ago, Dan Reeves, uh, early, early this morning, passed away at the age of 77 in his home. Dan Reeves, you, know, you are what your record says you are. Dan Reeves ranks 10th all-time in wins as a head coach, 190. And, uh, you know, the statement put out to the NFL Network's Mike Garofalo, he said, the, the Reeves family said, legendary NFL player and coach Dan Reeves passed away early this morning, peacefully, and surrounded by his loving family at his home in Atlanta, Georgia. He passed away due to complications from a long illness. His legacy will continue through his many friends, players, and fans, as well as as the rest of the NFL community. Arrangements are still be to be determined. So, our condolences this morning on the first day of 2022 to the family of Dan Rees. He was 77 years of age. To the phones we go at 877-337-6666. Richard in Manhattan, you're up on the fan. Uh-oh, what are we doing here? Uh-oh, that's number two. Anything? Should I try it again? All right. Richard in Manhattan. Richard, are you there? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, let's try it again. Let's go. Right, let's try this again. Let's go to Mitch in East Windsor. Are you back, Mitch? You're here. Uh-oh. I hear you. Go right, ahead. Hey. Uh, good morning. Happy New Year. Happy Thanks New Year. Um, with the Giants, two picks. Two picks. Yeah. I think they've been in the top ten. Would you say they got to take a QB? And of course, those defense linemen look good. But yeah, but the problem is the problem is which quarterback do you like? Uh, there isn't really one that's a standout quarterback, really, in this draft. Yeah, Pickett didn't look too great. I mean, he didn't win that game. He was so good. Um, I mean, Ole Miss Hibby Corral, what's his name? It's J.D. Daniels mm-hmm. and Sam Howell. I was all right, talking my, about him. All right, my, like, Mitch. Yeah. My question then would be: Are any of those? 
better than Daniel Jones right now? I don't like Daniel Jones. I, I, I believe Marcus Mariota is, is a free agent, too. So is a so, Derek Carr. All right, so, so who's better, Marcus Mariota or Daniel Jones? I would take Marcus in a heartbeat. What? Really? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I know he had, he, had, he went off, he got off to a good start, then injuries, and then, then, then I like this stupid wild card, they never let him throw the ball, or give him a quarter to play, the rest of Derek Carr. Um, and Derek Carr, minutes, but, I'm looking at Derek Carr, he, he's got another year in his deal for, for $20 million. Giants have 3.9 to spend at the moment. Awesome. I guess that's not happening. I would, I would definitely draft, and then you got those, now with the first pick. First pick, you got to see if you can either get Drake London or one of those three good defensive linemen that won from the Ducks. He's, he looks really good. Now we're talking I know defensive line. I, I can get behind that. But forget about Carr oh. and Mariota. Forget it. Well, and with the two coaches that pass, and, and also Betty White, she was an icon. Uh, I, I just assumed that she would pass 100. Didn't even think uh, that if she was um, – I guess it was natural cause. No, yeah, I, that's what they I haven't said. had anything – Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the best way to go. Yeah. Um, John Madden, I mean, how many people do you know that had a great career and going to have an, a, a, even a better one than he had? If he had coached mm-hmm. the Raiders longer, they would have won more Super Bowls, and he certainly knew his uh, quarterbacks. He he, had, he played with some good quarterbacks, Daryl Monaco, Ken Saber. Uh, his, his coaching career was too short, I think, if you look at it. But great player, and he was a great broadcaster. He was a... Uh, I would say he's the Jerry Seinfeld of, of coaches, but he was just funny. He was just himself. A little gruff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he wanted the best. And John Reeves? Uh, Dan Reeves. John, Dan Reeves, yeah. John, yeah. Dan Reeves, I'm sorry. He couldn't, with John Elway, he just he kind of got the defense, which is never up to par. Yeah. But he, he, had, he, had the great, he had great quarterbacks on his uh, command. Anyway, thanks for taking my call and be safe out there. And one more thing. You yeah. were saying indoor parachute. Oh, indoor skydiving. Oh, my God. Skydiving. Brutal. I was so safe. I was. I can never. I would never jump. I don't even go on an airplane. I don't jump out of one. <laughs> but you find that you find indoor just as scary. I would think. I mean, you know what it was? Yeah, Forty feet high, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not. It wasn't about that. But you know what it was? It was the first. The first thing they tell you is don't look down. Okay. Well, well. The, what do you think the first thing I did was? I looked down, and then right from the jump, I'm watching the time tick down on the. It's whatever it is, two minutes or whatever it is. I don't even remember. I was just trying to stay alive. Like the, the 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 air was coming at me so fast from underneath, and it was already in my nose and mouth and everything, and I couldn't breathe. I was like suffocating, like right there f- floating in the air. I felt like I was suffocating. That's what it was. And then and then it wasn't pretty. I got I got out of that, and it was like snot all over nose, mouth. My friends videotaping the whole thing. I'm like, oh my god, this is never again. And then there's like a ten year old. Of course, there's a ten year old kid sitting next to me. She's like, oh, you gonna do? You gonna go up higher? Like, uh, no, I'm good. She's like, oh, well, I am. I'm like, all right, well, I can't be outdone by this 10-year-old. I have to go up to the next level, too. So there's that. But but you know what? I, I just did a comp because forget about Derek Carr. But Marcus Mariota would be interesting, right? Marcus Mariota is, uh, at the end of this season, an unrestricted free agent. And his last salary was $3.5 million. So that fits in budget with the Giants, right? You want me to compare them? Careers. In their careers, this would be an absolute lateral move from Daniel Jones to Marcus Mariota. Lateral. I'm telling you. Like, in their careers. I mean, these stats are astoundingly so similar. Like, uh, you know, I, I look at quarterback independent stats. 
you know, like like completion percentage. I know the receiver has to catch it, but the quarterback also has to deliver it. You know what I mean? Completion percentage is almost exact. They are off by one-tenth of a, of a point. Daniel Jones completes 62.8% of his passes. Marcus Mariota, 629 Quarterback rating. The difference is negligible. You know what I'm saying? So you're looking at these two guys. The one thing where, where Marcus Mariota does stand out more than Daniel Jones, and, you know, it's it's touchdowns. But, you know, everybody that watches the Giants knows that that once they get into the red zone, they catastrophically di- dis- discombobulate, whatever, self-combust, whatever those words are. They can't score in the red zone. So Marcus Mariota, by the way, though, in 72 games, let me see if I can do this real quick. So in 72 games, he's got 77 touchdowns. So that's 77 divided by 72. Marcus Mariota has about 1.1 passing touchdowns a game. 1.1. Daniel Jones, 45 divided by 38 games played. He's got 1.18. So I'm telling you, the difference between Marcus Mariota and Daniel Jones is negligible, not to mention the fact that Marcus Mariota is going to have to learn the system. Daniel Jones is already in the system. I'm sticking with Daniel Jones. I'm sticking to it. Richard in Manhattan, are you back? Are you there? I'm here, Daniel. There you are. Go ahead. Daniel, uh, Lawrence Taylor was drafted 43 years ago and Harry Carson 47 years ago. So that guy said 35 years. He was a little off. Way back. These guys go way back. Uh, Richard the fact checker. Appreciate it. Dan Reeves would have been famous for one thing, but it mm. didn't turn out that way. What? He threw the in the ice bowl. He threw the option uh, touchdown pass that put Dallas ahead, uh, and then of course Green Bay went on that legendary drive at the end with Chuck Mercine on the draw play, and they scored when uh, uh, Bart Starr snuck. Anyway, that was Lombardi's last game. So Reeves, if they didn't come back and win Green Bay. Reeves would have had the distinction of beating um, uh, uh, Vince Lombardi in his last uh, game with the Packers. He did come back and coach uh, the Redskins for mm-hmm. one year, but that would have been, that was Lombardi's last year with the Green Bay Packers. Daniel, let me ask you a question. There were 250 NBA players that took the court yesterday. 250. Okay. Which player do you think scored the most points? Oh, it was LeBron James, wasn't it? The oldest. Yeah. Not only 37 he, years old. Yeah. yeah, correct. He only played 29 minutes mm-hmm. and scored 43 points. You know, he has a new life now. This guy's going to play center because he's not he's not bringing the ball up anymore. He figured out that if he just hangs around the low post, they give him the ball out of the 30 other centers in the NBA, he probably can beat 27 of them off the dribble just turning around and moving. Yeah. And the few guys that it might be tough from Jokic and Embiid and those tough guys, they may be, you know, he'll have to muscle with those guys. This guy's going to have a long career. Now, with all due respect to Brady, we know that the age and all that with Brady, he's aided by the rules of football and, the, you know, he's taking certain, certainly he's taking advantage of you can't touch the quarterback, which is no fault of his own, but I'm just saying. But with LeBron, he's playing against kids almost half his age. Yeah, seriously. I, this guy has never been LeBron, nothing but LeBron James outside of his first year. From his second year to now, I think that's 18 years, he's been LeBron James. There has never been an athlete like that, well, except for Brady. Maybe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, maybe. Certainly Michael Jordan, as great as he was, and the 10 years that he was Michael Jordan, he was certainly better than LeBron well, James at any 10-year period. Rich. But he... He, he was never this sustained. Nobody has been this guy, this great, this, and he still doesn't get his due, in my opinion, Daniel. Yeah, I know, Richard, and I'm one of those people that doesn't give LeBron James his due because, you know what, he's figured out ways to 
preserve himself? He, he turns... that, Daniel, that was my point. Yeah, I, I know, I know. This is a new career for him. Hanging out, well, post, I know, not but... wasting energy and dribbling and trying to get by 10 I know, guys. But, 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 it, but his team stinks. I mean, his team, you know what I mean? Well, that has nothing to do with him. He's, no, nothing I mean, at all. If he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers now, his former team, they'd be in first place. He'd be up, up for a championship. That team has so much more talent than the Lakers. Well, and we're going to pump the brakes, too. I mean, they beat the tri- 43 points in a, in a win over the Trailblazers. They're, they're like one of the worst teams in the league, the bottom four, I'd say, in the league, the Trailblazers but are based on win percentage. To watch. I just it is, love, it is. It's entertaining to watch. I love watching watch. the guy, his competitiveness. I love his athleticism, you know, and people judge him for every little thing. Whereas years ago, you know, one, one, one last thing, Danielle, a, a, a great player just died and nobody mentioned it, Sam Jones. Boy, was that guy super. And what I remembered him on, he, he probably was the second best player on the Celtics for a while. First it was Kuzi. Obviously, Russell was the greatest. And then Kuzi was second. But Jones was probably second after Kuzi retired. And he was, but the Boston Celtic fans were so obnoxious. I just remembered this in the early to mid-60s. They'd come on a break, a fast break with their tic-tac-toe, uh, a fast break, and everyone would get the ball, pass it, boom, boom, boom. Russell would block the shot, lead the fast break. Uh, Sam Jones would pull up the left side of the key, and he'd release a jump shot, bank shot off the ball. The Boston Celtic fans were so obnoxious. The minute the ball left his hand, they'd start screaming in a crescendo because they knew the ball was going in, and then when the ball went in, they'd start screaming. Right. They were so obnoxious to Celtic fans. That was my big memory of Sam Jones, but he was fantastic. He was a great guard and uh, a winner. And oh boy! And you know, there was not much mentioned in the newspaper. This guy was—he huh, did everything. He was super. One of the greatest players ever. And you never hear much about him. Well, Danielle, always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. You, you gave him his due here on, on the fan. Uh, so my dad texts me. He says Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, Jimmy Garoppolo's great dad for the quarterback of the Giants, right? To move on. Uh, but and he's a, he's a significant upgrade over Daniel Jones, I'd say. But he made something like twenty seven million dollars last year. The Giants again have three point nine to spend right now at the moment. That's uh, are you going to go start picking money off the money tree, Giants fans? Start to go fund me for Jimmy Garoppolo? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But as far as LeBron James, I mean, come on. I uh, I, I can't. Uh, he, he you know he uh, he. I think he's a. Um, this self-preservation thing. This he he contributed to the the major rise in the uh, the sit on the bench time, whatever that called, whatever that's called, rest time. Like uh, just to preserve himself and, and elongate his own career, and that's good for him. But it's changed the game of basketball, and and it's not for good. I don't like it. I don't like it. He, he scores forty three points. He decided to turn it on last night. Why? Because it was going to be a headline. Against literally, look at the winning percentage of the Portland Trailblazers. They're bottom three or four in the entire league. Yeah, that's a good game to turn it on against. You know, t- turn it on against the Brooklyn Nets. Well, they don't play, really play defense. Turn it on against a team that, that, that like the Bucks. Then I'd be a little bit impressed. I'm not impressed at all. I'm not impressed whatsoever. And now he's figured out a way to to to, to hang out down low, and, and and when a shot goes up, he just stands there, or, or just you know slowly backpedals back, no no re- crashing the boards, or nothing. That that's why. That's why. That, that, let's let's not even go there. Let's go to Pat and Bayside. You're up on the fan. Happy New Year, Coach. Happy New Year, Pat. I like Miley Cyrus uh, also, and I'm an old timer. I think she's really good. She's very talented. If people yeah. just actually gave her a chance. 
they would find that she is immensely vocally talented. Yeah, what happens is that people still reflect on her as a 16- or 18-year-old kid. Yep. Now she's a woman, and she's a, a different kind of entertainer. She's really? good. I mean, she. But you know what? Someone once said, if you can sing, you know, if you can sing different genres well, like you're you're very good. I, and that's not how the saying goes. But she can sing rock. She does country. She, she's she's very good. Very talented. Yeah, I, I've seen her on a couple of videos where she's doing really like uh, uh, like a nightclub type act, and she was really entertaining. But yep. anyway, mm-hmm. uh, the reason I called is, uh, you know, Daniel Jones. He's only going to cost him a million. He's not going anywhere. Nope. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be the QB. Exactly. Marcus Mariota can't break a, a window with a football from five yards away. <laughs> you know, Marcus Mariota is just a terrible thrower of the football. That's why he never made it in the NFL. Right. Never. I mean, that's what it is. And if they're paying him only three and a half million, he'll get picked up. That's a cheap price, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Right. Uh, Giants need some linemen. They're going to get them. There's a lot out there. So with their two picks, they're going to probably get two starters right off the bat. You, now, would, you, would, Reed, hope, you would hope that they don't screw this up. Yeah, I don't think they will. I, I think the, the the offensive line depth in the draft is really good in the first 15 yes. picks. Yep. And I, have, I have, they're going to get a start and center and a start and tackle on the other side without a doubt. That's my opinion. And, I, and they'll build. They'll get better as the time goes by. But I want to go to Dan Reeves for a second. Mm-hmm. Dan Reeves was a nice football player. And, you know, those Cowboys were really good teams when he was there. You know, was he the star? No. But he was, you know, he was a, definitely a, a solid player. And I always felt he's a Cowboy. So when he came over to coach the Giants, yeah. yep. that, that was right after Ray Hanley, yep. who could be, you know, right up there as one of the worst of all time for this team. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had some doozies. But uh, the one thing that sticks out in my mind with him was Phil Sims last year. So uh, Dan Reeves is the one that jettisoned. He was the coach that jettisoned Phil Sims. And uh, the Giants were playing the last game of the year. They were playing the Cowboys. And, <clears throat> and they, uh, they came down the field late in the game, and they needed a field goal to tie the game or a touchdown to win. And we were on the one or two-yard line, and I remember he kicked the field goal. And uh, we tied the game, but eventually lost it. They had Emmett Smith, who had a broken shoulder in that game, and he ran for about 250 yards against the Giants. And I always Don't need your the, shoulder to run. Yeah, yeah, and I always, I always thought, Jesus, Dan Reeves, why the heck did you kick a field goal there? You oh, wow. Try and win the game, you're home. But I'm sorry he's gone. He was a, a quality guy for the game of football, and he always uh, reminds me of a time when football was a little bit different than it is today. Happy New Year, Coach. Talk to you soon. Uh, thanks, Pat. I appreciate that. A little anecdotal story of, of Dan Reeves there. Uh, hey, hey, Zoo, did we, uh, did we get what we were looking for or not yet? Okay, so coming up next, what we're going to do, we're going to have the Tampa Bay Bucks sideline reporter, TJ Reeves, joining us to give us an um, – the outside perspective of, of the Jets and this Jets-Bucks matchup. And, and don't groan. I didn't really ask him about strategy, okay? I asked him more about betting lines because that's what people are going to be interested in uh, with this Jet game, just to be a little bit interested in the game. Although I did ask him how he thinks it's going to play out. Spoiler alert, the Bucks are going to win. So TJ Reeves coming up next here on The Fan in New York City. TJ Reeves, Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio sideline reporter and a great friend of the show, joins us now on the fan. TJ, thanks for coming on. Happy New Year. 
Happy New Year to you and looking forward to being there in the greater New York area at the Meadowlands for the Bucks and the Jets coming this Sunday here in the new year. Okay, so first we'll take it from your Bucks. We'll go to the Jets and then the game. And I like some bets because that's the only way some Jets fans are going to be interested in this game coming up. Uh, Some trends for the Bucs. I mean, tell me, what what is the big story coming out of that team uh, so far this week? I think the craziness of the injuries and the impact of COVID-19, which we've seen all over the NFL, because Bruce Arians has not been able to coach the team this week, uh, except a couple of virtual conversations with his staff, because he tested positive. The hope is that he's going to be able to uh, reemerge for the game on Sunday. If not, Harold Goodwin, who is his longtime assistant, uh, assistant head coach and run game coordinator, would be the interim head coach if that is the case. And obviously the Jets went through this with Robert Sala being out last week without the head coach, yet the Jets won the game. So some other teams have struggled without the head coach, uh, et cetera. But this team banged up. Everybody's got injuries. This team without Chris Godwin now for the rest of the year at receiver, ACL injury, has been without Mike Evans now. Uh, from the second half of the Saints game, all of that game last week may or may not play in this game with the hamstring. Leonard Fournette definitely not playing in this game. Hamstring injury, injured reserve. Uh, also already done, Levante David on injured reserve. Fantastic linebacker. I mean, this list goes on and on. Shaq Barrett hurt in the game last week, the best pass rusher. He is out for this game. He was declared out with a sprained knee earlier this week. Jason Pierre-Paul, who you guys know in New York from the Giants, Bad shoulder, can't play again this week. I think I'm going to stop now. You get the idea on how many injuries for the Bucks. yet they overcame it with the guys they had and played very well. For what it's worth, in Carolina last week, played a complete game. Let me add one to it. Antonio Brown tweaked his ankle at practice this week. Um, Brady's a little thin at wide receiver. Whatever will he do? He's a lot thin at wide receiver, especially if Brown is not there because that opened everything up in Carolina last week with his speed. Um, they, they had to loosen up the defense um, in that game in Carolina. It opened it up for Rob Gronkowski, for Cameron Brake, the other tight end, uh, for Cyril Grayson, the little used wide receiver who had a big game, had a big catch of 62 yards in the game and had a couple of other catches as well. So Brown's going to be a key because the Bucks are really thin, as you mentioned, at wide receiver. Let's see if he can play uh, even some. I don't know how effective he will be. But again, he's been in and out of the lineup with injury, the suspension. Last year, he was out of the lineup a couple of times with injury. So we'll see if the Buccaneers can overcome that. You're listening to TJ Reeves, Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio sideline reporter here on The Fan. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll go one more injury. You know, the Bucks' Super Bowl aspirations, obviously they have them. How does losing a guy like Chris Godwin uh, affect that? Enormous. Not just catching the ball, but he's the best blocker that's not an offensive lineman in the run game so that's a factor plus he's a guy that brady got very comfortable with clutch situations third down uh that kind of thing always knowing that he's going to get his get his way open because you can't double team everybody mike evans draws the double team most of the time so does rob gronkowski on a lot of the crucial plays in the third down in the red zone godwin was a guy that could get open so that that one hurts um it is not everything but that's a big piece that is now missing that they have to try to overcome Jets fans can only hope and, and revel in the fact that has Tom Brady maybe lost this step? He looked human earlier this season. 
I don't know if you've been keeping track of this, but he's leading the NFL in yardage. I know. I, uh, I want and touchdowns. I know, I know that. You're trying, to hope, you're trying to hope against hope here. He <laughs> has been tremendous for most of the games that he has played uh, this year. I think he has three 400-yard games. I believe it is seven 300-yard games that he has this year. And th- there is no sign right now that he doesn't have zip on the ball anymore and can't get it to the places that it, ha- that it has to be. So give him a lot of credit at 44 years of age for holding up through yet another season to this point. I don't know what's going to happen. These last two games are in the playoffs. Uh, You wonder how long does the shoulder hold up father time? How long does the elbow hold up? Uh, It is a real testament to everything that he does in the off season. And even during the season to keep himself uh, in, in good stead physically, because here we are to the 17th week. And he still looks good. I saw it at field level in Charlotte last week. He's putting zip on the football, and he's got time to throw from this offensive line. That's been a huge key, and when he does, he can still make the plays, Daniel. TJ, what are the Bucks playing for? They've won the South already. Can they just give the Jets this game, please? Not likely. Buccaneers still have a chance at the number two seed. Probably not going to get the number one seed. Green Bay has that. They lead by a full game over everybody, and now – with Kirk Cousins having tested positive for COVID-19 on Friday, the Vikings have to go to a backup quarterback against Green Bay in a game in Green Bay anyway. So Green Bay is basically locked up the one seed. The two seed is up for grabs. Buccaneers, Rams, and Cowboys vying for it. We won't get into all the tiebreakers and all the stuff, yeah. but the Buccaneers need a little help. They need at least a Rams loss against the Ravens or in the last game with the 49ers. But if you're asking, will the Buccaneers go all out to win this game? Absolutely. Absolutely, because they have a chance at the number two seed, which means two things. It means you're guaranteed a second home playoff game with a win in playoff game number one. And it means you stay away from Green Bay. You stay out of the four spot. You stay away from Green Bay in the semifinal until you get to the NFC championship game. So they very much want to win this game, and they're more than likely going to have to play hard and win the Carolina game to have hope at the two seed if they can grab that, the Bucs. Wonderful. We're talking with TJ Reeves, Tampa Bay Bucks radio sideline reporter here on the fan. Uh, switch kind of the attention to the Jets. I love getting the outside perspective on the, the teams here. If you are in the Jets position and you're watching this game from, from you know, with a green jersey on, what would be some markers of progress against this Bucks defense that you'd be looking for in Zach Wilson? Well, there's obviously an opportunity for Zach Wilson with the pass rush beat up like it is to make some plays. And and he is a guy that can run around and do that. He has not been consistent. And obviously he's been injured earlier in the year. I think if you're a Jet fan here, you're looking for a, a turnover-free game, a mistake as best you can, a mistake-free game from the penalty standpoint, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And if you're the Buccaneers, that's the one thing you don't want to do coming up in this game on Sunday is do not help the Jets out. It is the holiday season. It's the giving season. Don't give them turnovers. Don't give them field position with penalties. Don't self-inflict if you're the Bucs because that is a recipe for the Jets to hang in the game and give you problems, Uh, especially – and we don't know what the crowd is going to be coming up here. Uh, I suspect that most of the Jet fans that have tickets will be there, bad weather or not because it's a chance to hate on Tom Brady one more time. And you may not get another chance ever again if he's only staying with the Buccaneers. He's not going to play in New York for another seven years and maybe never. So uh, likely never. 
Uh, he would play the Giants in New York, but the Jet fans won't get their chance to hate on him and, and boo on him. So I think, you know, the Jet crowd will be there probably two-thirds or three-quarters full at least. If you're the Bucs, don't give the Jets hope. Don't give that crowd the chance to get in the game as the game goes on. Uh, that's that's from the Buck point of view, but from the Jet point of view, make a couple things happen early, get the crowd behind you. You've already upset the Titans. You've already upset the Bengals. You would love nothing better than to screw it up for the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Yeah, you know, if the season ended today, I love that cliche, but if the season ended today, Tennessee would hold the two seed, Cincinnati the three seed, and hey, how about the Jets knock off a four seed while they're at it? <laughs> they maybe could. Uh, if the Bucs, again, aren't, aren't attention to detail and sharp here, they would have an opportunity. I just wonder, the Jets are so bad defensively. I, I am not revealing a nuclear secret on the fan here that the Jets are so bad defensively that even if the Bucs are turning the ball over a couple of times and making some mistakes, how are the Jets going to stop them over four quarters, especially if Antonio Brown is playing in this game? And we don't know, again, if Mike Evans can play or how effective he is. But if Antonio Brown and Mike Evans are there for Tom Brady's weapons with Gronk and with the others, Good luck, Jets, on trying to stop that passing attack because not many else have. In the holiday season, you mentioned it, New Year's. If you were a Jet fan or, you know, someone who covers the Jets, what would a New Year's resolution for that team be? I think you need stability there and you need to build on the talent base that you really don't have right now. You're trying to restock. And uh, Salas obviously got the locker room intact. They love him. So you've, you've just got to have more players. You've got to have better talent and more players uh, to go around that. And, um, you know, a Adam Gase, clearly that whole move, that situation set this team back again. So now they got to – you got to hope that through the draft and free agency, you can get three or four more guys that immediately contribute, maybe five, six more guys that can contribute for 2022. That's the, uh, that's the bigger thing uh, if you're the Jets and you're in the building process here. It's, it's really going to be about stockpile some more talent because that's one of the thing for, things for this Buccaneer team is that even with all these injuries, they still got talent all over the place. The likes of Devin White at linebacker, who we haven't talked about. Ronald Jones is an explosive running back, who we haven't talked about. Carlton Davis is an excellent cover corner that's finally healthy. We haven't talked about the defensive tackles, Vita Vea uh, up the middle. Um, that's, that's a great young defensive tackle. The Bucks have depth. They have, they have accumulated that depth over the last three or four years. And so now when the injuries have come, they, they've been able to plug these guys in and let them be leaders and make plays. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that was my next, my next thing. I mean, you mentioned all of the injuries kind of to start this conversation. Is there any, any daylight for the Jets to, to maybe pull one off? And you don't have to be nice. <laughs> Well, no, again, it's the turnovers. If there are turnovers and there are mistakes and, and the Jets are able to get some confidence, they can be in the game. That, that's what happened in the game with Washington against the Washington football team. There were two first-half turnovers, which they put 10 points on the board. Suddenly, their lethargic crowd is in the game, and the, the WFT played with some passion in the second half and ended up winning a one-score game. That's the formula New York's got to play error-free, and they've got to have the Buccaneers make mistakes, and then they can stay right in this game. And, and we won't know until we get rolling here how much is the rain that's in the forecast going to be a factor on the Buccaneer passing game in particular uh, in this, that if Brady's not able to have the same day, the same numbers because of the weather, even though he's used to playing in the weather in New England all the time and the bad weather, 
that's another equalizer for the Jets to stay in. And we won't know that till the game's going on. What's the what's the condition? What's the what's the weather like? What's the rain like? We're talking with TJ Reeves, Tampa Bay Bucks radio sideline reporter here on the fan. Um, because a lot of Jets fans don't really think this is going to be close. Let's take a little bit of a betting angle because we can bet oh. here in New Jersey. I love doing anytime touchdown scorer bets, and it's hard with the <laughs> Bucks. There's so many Bucks that can score. So yeah. who could I pick to just keep me interested in this game? Because I don't think it's going to be on the Jets side. So you're wanting good odds on an anytime touchdown is what you're saying, right? They don't have to have the first touchdown. It's yeah. Anytime touchdown, anytime. right? Hang in there for Cameron Brake, the tight end. He got one last week against Carolina. Uh, he also got one in the win over the Giants, I believe, on Monday Night Football uh, as well. I think he got one in the he got one in the Bills game actually. So he's excellent in the red zone. You're going to get better odds on him than you're going to get on Gronkowski or Antonio Brown or Ronald Jones. So if I'm just helping out your short-term investing, Danielle, <laughs> let's go with Cameron Brake as uh, as your anytime touchdown guy. All right, I'm going to put my $3 on Cameron Brake. We want a quick disclaimer about not taking the Jets in the 12 and a half or 13 points, depending on where you're getting. You want a quick? You want a quick? Yeah, I was going to say that. I said, yeah. are the Jets going to even keep it that close? Well, here's the thing. Uh, the Buccaneers have been double-digit favorites on seven occasions, seven times. The odds makers have made them a double-digit favorite already this season, and only the New Orleans Saints who had that nine-nothing shutout that we're still trying to figure out how did the Bucs not score in that game. We're trying to figure this out two weeks <laughs> later. That's the only game in which they did not win and did not cover at the double-digit line. And, and that includes Carolina last week was a 12-point underdog at home, just like the Jets, or 12-and-a-half or 13. So if you're thinking of getting frisky and taking the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets with the points, beware, Buccaneers 6-1 and one covering the double-digit line so far this year. Well, there you go. I mean, there's a little hope. <laughs> uh, ultimately, though, TJ, final score, how does this game play out? Again, uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm picking the Jets to win. You, you know who I work for. I, I believe this is fairly high scoring for the Bucs. It's a matter of whether the Jets keep up. Give me something like 34-17. Jets will get some points in this game. They're just not going to be able to stop Brady and the offense. That's what most have found out. You may stop them even for a couple of series or for a little while, but he will get it clicking at some point in this game, and you'll see 14, 17 points in a hurry. Uh, I don't, I, the Jets aren't going to stop him. Something like 34-17 rings true for me. And, and if the Buccaneers get that, they're thrilled to get out of New York and be 12-4, and four, be the first time since the Super Bowl season of 2 that they will have won 12 games in a season. That's only the second time they will have ever done it if they get one more, Daniel. And it's the first uh, NFC South since 2007, correct? That's correct. I've been rattling it all off. My twins, who you know, who you've met, who are 13, they weren't born. George Bush was the president. Barack Obama had not been elected yet. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, uh, Instagram, none of that existed. Facebook had just been invented like the year before. Wasn't it wasn't that big a deal. But certainly Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, they didn't exist in 2007. It has been a while since the Bucks have been division champs. TJ, it's been in 19 since 1969 since the Jets have won anything significant to either. So, I mean, cell phones weren't even invented then. Let's go back that far. You really want to play that game. <laughs> yeah, there were newspapers in 1969. The television had a knob on it and only four channels. It's It's been a while for the Jets to be in the big game. That's for sure. And just personally, TJ, on a personal level, your New Year's resolution this year is? 
Oh, that is a great one. How about uh, I need to spend more time on roller coasters with the twins because not once but twice this week while they've been off from school, we've been to SeaWorld, which is in Orlando. We've been to Busch Gardens, Tampa Bay here running roller coasters. I need more roller coasters in 2022. I'm, I'm aiming for that. Well, all right. That, that's a good one. You're a thrill seeker, I see. I like it. Well, I got I got two girls that are 13 years old, and they will hang off of a burning skyscraper. So they are fearless, and so that's it, it's almost somebody's got to step up and be able to do this with them. And that's me right now. Uh oh. Well, T.J. Reeves, Tampa Bay Buccaneers sideline reporter. T.J., thanks so much for joining us on this New Year's, and happy New Year's to you and to the whole Reeves clan down there in Florida. Hey, happy New Year's to you and to all of the WFAN audience. Bucks will be up there. Let's see if the Buccaneers get a win, and that'll be a great New Year's. Uh, situation for me coming up there as part of that always love being on with you continued success to you keep doing what you're doing on the fan i'm proud of you thank you thanks tj appreciate it and and for the jets you know a new year's present for them would just be to hang in this game through halftime <laughs> we can always hope that was tj reeves tampa bay buccaneers sideline reporter for the radio network there and you know um I'd have to say, though, that segment was pre-recorded because he is now on the call of a uh, within the next hour uh, of a college football game. So we pre-recorded that last night, 9 p.m. last night. So it's, it is still fresh, but that was T.J. Reeves, great friend of the show. And coming up just next, of course, more of your calls at 877-337-6666. Got a quick little Jets prediction. Uh, spoiler alert, they're going to lose, but, you know, we can look at some other things with that. So my Jets prediction uh, one of the final ones of the year. My Jets prediction coming up next here on The Fan in New York City. Welcome back to McCartan in the Midday. Danielle in the daytime here on The Fan in New York City on this New Year's Day in New York City. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Uh, hope that uh, you had a safe, healthy, happy celebration last night. I was sitting at my computer doing work for today. So so here I am for you. Uh, Jets prediction. Okay. You know, is it going to be as close or as as far apart as the the odds makers are suggesting? Let's see. You got the eleven and four Tampa Bay Bucks, NFC South division winning Bucks. They're going to be at the Meadowlands tomorrow to take on the. This is like palindrome situation here, or or what's the word? Eleven and four Bucks, the four and eleven Jets. Yeah, it's a palindrome. Just when uh, the Jets really thought that they can get rid of him after years of torture, he's back. Tom Brady's back, everybody. Did you know that Tom Brady and Zach Wilson were both born on August 3rd? 22 years apart, of course, but I thought that's kind of cool. Just because they share the same birthday, though, doesn't mean they're similarly talented. Case in point, me and Matt Ryan have the same birthday. May 17th. But think about it. Zach Wilson was born in 1999. Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl victory and MVP in 2002. And Zach Wilson wasn't even three yet. He was literally still in diapers. So there's that. The average age of the Jets, uh, the players on the Jets, is 25.1 years. They are the youngest team in the NFL. So there's that, too. So can the Jets pull off an upset special on Sunday, as TJ Reeves just told you? The Washington football team did it. I remember being at that Jets-Bills game at MetLife Stadium. We looked to the right, we saw the scoreboard, and we said, that can't be right. And we kept looking, that can't be right. But it was. And the Bucks are susceptible to it. And the Jets have beaten both the Bengals and the Titans so far this season. And again, if the season ended today, 
The Titans would be the number two seed in the AFC. The Bengals would be the number three seed in the AFC. And the Bucks would be the number four seed in the NFC. So you're saying there's a chance. No, there's not. Because when I'm looking at it, number one, the three reasons. Number one, Tom Brady leads the league in touchdown passes and passing yards per game. The Jets' pass defense is ranked 31st in the league. Yikes. The Bucks defense, number two, the Bucks defense is tied for second in the league in sacks. The Jets' offensive line is ranked 26th in the league in sacks allowed. Yikes. Number three, the Bucks' pass defense is, is in the, the second best in the league in terms of yards per attempt. Zach Wilson, seven touchdowns to 11 interceptions so far this season. Uh, yeah, yikes, not going to cut it. So that's just it. I, I don't think any realistic Jets fan is expecting a win tomorrow, and I think it all goes back to the old motto from the day that they drafted Zach Wilson. You just want to see progression. No interceptions, no fumbles from him, and don't get fooled mentally by the defense. I think if you're a Jet fan, you'll take that at this point. So last I checked, the Jets are 13-point underdogs. I hope I'm wrong, as I say every week here for pretty much both of our teams. I hope I'm wrong. But I'm going Tampa Bay Bucks 42, New York Jets 13, and I cannot wait to get home to take, I'm going to think, uh, Tom Brady, I'm going to say four touchdown passes for Tom Brady. And I put, uh, like TJ Reeves suggested, I put my $3 on Cameron Brate as an anytime touchdown scorer. So uh, Tom Brady, I think, is going to throw at least four touchdowns, at least, against this Jets defense. Because you know how he is, completely surgical, and this Jets defense is just not good. Let's just put it that way. All right, back to the phones we go at 877-337-6666. As I tweet this up at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N and Facebook.com slash Coach Quarter. I'm going to put this up. I don't hide behind tweets. I don't delete tweets. I don't block people. There it is. I'm going to put it up so you got for everybody to see. Now and forevermore. To Floral Park we go. Paul, you're up next on The Fan. How are you, Danielle? I'm good. Happy How are you? Happy New Year. Good. Great. Great. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay 38, the Jets 10. Mm, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's uh, close to your prediction. Uh, as far as the Hall of Fame... Yeah, none of those guys are going to get voted in. Roger Clemens and Mark Regeyer, Barry Bonds. You no, don't think no. so? Because, but no. What about no. the younger trend of voters? You don't think they're eventually going to backdoor their way into this? Yeah, I do. They might give them a benefit of a doubt, but yeah, yeah. Because so, of the steroids thing. But not enough. You don't think not enough? Yeah, yeah. It might uh, come up a little short, especially uh, Alex Rodriguez. And, yeah, uh, you know, Paul, I had a... I had a um, a reporter, okay. a, a national reporter, in my uh, in my in my DMs, and he said that he he also believes that they are going to fall off uh, the vote uh, at the end right. of the season. But you know, the, right. the the thing is, when I looked at it yesterday, and that's why I brought it up yesterday, um, is because right. David Ortiz. I mean, he I haven't checked since yesterday, but I mean, he came out. I mean, if the, if the as of yesterday, if the Hall of Fame class was elected based on the the twenty six percent of votes that I tabulated yesterday, or I looked to see uh-huh. tabulated, the three that would get in, as you know, as because I know you were listening yesterday, would be uh, yep. um, a Bonds would get in, Clemens would get in, and uh, right. and uh, Ortiz would get in. Ortiz, now, yeah, Ortiz. That, they'd be down. the only three at yeah. this point. That's crazy to me. Right. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I brought it up yesterday. Right. 
Yeah, it's Scott Rowland. He he the that guy should do get in. I don't I don't know why I don't know how he keeps keeps getting passed up. Yeah. I don't know how John Franco keeps getting passed up. Oh, John Franco, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's another guy I, I forgot. Um, uh, the, uh, they better critique a few things with the uh, to get that CBA uh, in. Yeah, with the, because the players' union is going to want a victory out of this. Yeah, yeah. And, and so are the owners, Paul. And, and that's the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like. Yeah. They have to learn how to work together. That's the New Year's resolution I have for the MLB in in, in its mm-hmm. entirety. They, they have to figure out right. how to come together amicably and, and work together amicably. Because guess what? Us, the fans, we are going to suffer. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. That's why I don't go. I haven't been to a game since 2003. Wow. No. <laughs> wow, Paul. You got to get to a Believe game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. And we'll have to meet uh, meet up with you. Yeah, you know, yeah, I want to do. I want to your father. Yeah, sometime. once all this yeah, uh, this COVID stuff. And Paul, thanks for the call there. Once all this COVID stuff kind of dies down or, or eradicates or goes away, and I I do want to do something. I do want to do something like a group something somewhere. Maybe at a bar, like Super Bowl party, but that's too soon. I think. I don't know. I I, I want to do something. Yes, it's on the list of things to do. And Paul, I would love to have you there. Yes, Vernon in Manhattan. You're up next on the fan there, Vernon. Go ahead. Hey, Daniel. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Well, there's two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about your brother and you. Okay. I want I want to see if I can get you guys to win prizes for my private collection. Oh, no. So let's... Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> remember the last one you missed out was on the cards. Yeah, I know. So I let... thought the Mets were going to sneak their way into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So salty about so, that. Yeah, so going back to Super Bowl 31, I had connections with a contracted company with the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. So with the Packers, I have two jerseys signed by Reggie White that comes with certificates and a, a photo of him signing the jerseys. And I have one of Brett Favre of him, a photo of him signing the jersey with the pictures. Uh-huh. So this is what I'm going to do. What? I'm going to release a Reggie White jersey. To your brother, if the Packers win the Super Bowl and um, Aaron Rodgers must be the MVP of the Super Bowl, if that happens, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, send a jersey autographed by Reggie White to him. Or I have three cards signed by Bart Starr. This is through Arizona through his son that he signed three of the cards and I have photos of him signing the cards. I'll release one card. So your brother have a chance to win a card or jersey from Reggie White if the Packers win the Super Bowl and the um, uh, Aaron Rodgers become uh, 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 the MVP. Now for you. Wow. Wow. I have, <laughs> I have for you, because since you had missed out, I have an autographed baseball by Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra has more World Series rings than any other Major League Baseball player in the history of baseball. So when the season starts, and I'm going to say this honestly, Mm -hmm. I believe you are a Yankee fan. So I'm going to have a tough Yankee question for you. If you get it correct... You win that autographed baseball of Yogi Berra, 
And if you do get it, you need to put heavy insurance on the baseball in case of theft or fire. Will do. So that's nothing's going to do for you and your brother. Have a happy new year. Wow, Vernon. That is, um, that's impressive, Vernon. Happy new year. Thank you. Uh, he hung up. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Usually it's like the radio host that's giving out the presents. Vernon's coming with the presents. Uh, I think my brother's got a pretty good shot to win that. Do I have to give it to him? <laughs> Do I have to give it to him? Packers are the number one seed in the NFC. Rodgers every season says he's going to retire. Maybe not. That, that's a little incentive to be named MVP. Uh, wow. Vernon, thank you. We'll see what happens. Thanks for that. To keep where we go. Al, you're up on the fan. Thank you for taking the call. What's up? Oh, happy New, happy new Year. Happy New I'm Year. I'm just calling about the Hall of Fame. I'm 71. I've been watching this stuff forever, all, all the sports. If they let them guys in, it'll ruin the Hall of Fame. I mean, there'll be such an uproar. It's, it's unbelievable. They mm. can't let them in. They just can't let those guys in. They, they got caught using it and all that. It's, it's, it's Barry Bonds. I mean, come on. It's, it's a joke what they're doing to, to the records. I mean, you know, it's, it's just terrible. What they what they do if they let him in? Al, how would you feel? Maybe you missed the show yesterday, but how would you feel about no, my? I listen. Okay, my solution of let them in in their own wing. Nah, because, come on. Because you can't. What are you just going to erase the steroid era of baseball forever? They you're cheated. Just ignore they, it. They, they, what they should say is they should make a list. These guys all cheated, and that's why they're not in, and and, they, and they'll never be in. And they're terrible pe- people for cheating when other guys were doing it honest. You know what I mean? Well, think of all the people who did it honest and they did it good, and then you got these guys who were cheating. It's not sure. right. I know. I know. Taking a steroid can't make you actually hit the ball, uh-huh. but it it does. Some, it did something because you know everybody that did them, they they seem to perform uh, better than the other people. Well, you know, you what know I mean? we're speaking in very big generalizations here. I I think that that the steroid era was encouraged by baseball by Bud Selig, and he's in by the way. Uh, it, it saved the the the, the sport after they the lockout. Their head. Yeah, right. I don't know. They, right. So, I, well, I, they, I don't know if they told them to use them. No, they no, no, no. I'm not implying that. that. They 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 knew what was going on and they didn't stop it and they didn't start testing until 2003. So I think they should just make a, a wing and say like like here they are. I, I wouldn't want Barry Bonds next to Derek Jeter in the Hall of Fame. No way. Not his plaque. No way. But as a as, as a separate there, Al, I think. It's a museum. We were talking about this yesterday, and I don't know if I want to open up this can of worms again today, but it's a museum. It's it's there to – you're there to learn. So you can't cleanse the annals of baseball history, the the, the annals of baseball history of, of, of these steroid guys because it was encouraged by, you know, the great home run race, all that. That was all encouraged by the league. And if you want, we can do that again if you want. But if not, you can go back yesterday. <laughs> it's still up on the app. You can still stream it. I'm Danielle McCartan with you for the next hour here on The Fan in New York City. You can get me at, at Coach M. It's hard to wake up when the shades Welcome back to McCartan in the midday here on The Fan in New York City. We've had a changing of the guard behind the glass. Big Zoo. Bid farewell. Brian Rescona's here, taking us through the end of my show, at least, uh, through 1 p.m. here on The Fan. Joe Giglio. That's how you say it in Italian. Joe Giglio. 
comes your way at 1 o'clock. And, you know, in case you missed it, and, and Marco just mentioned the bowl games and all that, um, if you're a Jet fan, if you're a Giant fan, those two teams have four picks within the top 10 of the next upcoming draft if the season ended right now. Within the top eight, actually. So if you're a Jet fan, if you're a Giant fan, you're looking at these college games like like a farm division. Maybe you want to get some 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 eyes on some of these players that could, that could be drafted. I mean, these are the best of the best, right? So in case you missed it during your New Year's celebrations yesterday, last night, Happy New Year, by the way. Georgia crushed Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Alabama crushed Cincinnati. And the college football championship is officially set. Number one, Alabama versus number three, Georgia. January 10th, that game will be played 8 p.m. But as Marco just said, you got your pick of bowl games to pick from today. Locally, Rutgers, it was on while we were on yesterday. It, they And it ended after, I think, uh, we that I ended. But Rutgers, hang tough. They, they hung tough with Wake Forest. They did. Wake Forest was ranked 17 as of yesterday, right? And and Rutgers was unranked. They hung tough through like uh let's see the, the score. Yeah, it was it was pretty tight through halftime. Even the end of the third quarter it was still doable. But the difference being that Rutgers got absolutely shut out. 0 points on the board after halftime. That was a difference. Wake Forest made like like good teams do, made the adjustment. Rutgers either didn't or didn't make the right one or whatever. But Or Wake Forest is just the more talented team. That's the way it goes sometimes. But Rutgers lost in the whatever name bowl that was. How, how, the, the Gator, the, the I don't even remember, Tech, Tech Town Gator Bowl, something like that. I, I don't even know. These bowl games are very hard to keep track of. It's almost like if you had enough money to sponsor one, you can. I mean, the Jimmy Kimmel Live Bowl. I mean, come on. Come on. The Daniel McCartan Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl, the Cereal Bowl, the the Toilet Bowl. I mean, that's something to describe what goes on at the Meadowlands every week. <laughs> oh, man, I, I crack myself up. 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard. To Ozone Park we go. JoJo? Is it is it two Jets? Yes. All right. Hey, JoJo. How you doing? Happy New Year. And boy, you guys are lucky, Yogi Barra. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. Uh, Vernon, yeah. Vernon, something uh, else. And he always delivers, Vernon, I have to say. Wow, that's amazing. Pretty God cool. Um, I, you know, I was watching TV and I see fans will come up and I'm looking for another, you know, website. Mm-hmm. And they think usually at the end it says Jersey residents only. So I say, ah, maybe they're ready now. So I go and I put money in there and I'm trying to call the number and I'm just curious, when are they getting here? Wait, FanDuel? Yeah. It exists already. It, in you New can do York? It. Oh, in New York. Oh, I thought you That's meant Jersey. Oh, I was like, wait. No, I've done yeah, it in New Jersey I, I, before. I, I figured out. He didn't say Jersey residents only. They're probably here because you guys have been saying they're coming here. Yeah. And I thought they were here. And I'm like, I put money in there, and I guess I got to wait until they open up. But you have to... no idea when they're going to be here. I'm trying to figure out. My brother was just talking, because my brother lives in Brooklyn now, and he was just talking about it um, over over Christmas, and I'm yeah. looking online. See, I, I I don't know much about it. I live in Jersey, but he is here in New York and must be killing him. But uh, the, it says yeah. anything I'm seeing online says says January. So I guess hang tight there. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I guess they got. Another thing, Meg, yeah. oh, man, don't let them, anybody, because they got me. Betters.com is not a secured website. Do not let anybody go. They tried there. Yeah, they got me for 17. I mean, I got the money back, but. They make they make things in Beijing, China that you don't know about. Thank God I had a 
on my internet, anything over 500, don't let it go through. But they were smart enough. They kept putting it through for four, 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 and four. Oh, like scammers, and I you think, mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said, that yeah, somebody got the number in there. must have went to one of their friends. It was a, a Belgian a discount store. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. come on. Well, that, yeah. that's certainly so, what they do. I hope yeah. it works. So it says January, so so hang tight. And if anybody knows on Twitter, and thanks for the call, JoJo, if anybody knows the, the, the date of that, uh, please let us know, and, and I'll make sure tweet it to me or Facebook it to me, and I'll, I'll make sure. Really, tw- Twitter I have open, really, as I talk here. Um, just let me know, and we can chat it out for an exact date. But everything I've seen is, is saying uh, in January. Um, and, and that's what they do. Scammers, they, they ping your cards. It's called pinging them, and they'll charge you for like a dollar twenty just to see if the card is still active. So that's just a little uh, uh, reminder to keep an eye on all of your online banking, for sure, because tis the time of year. Let's go to, oh, man, I'm looking at the calls, Hall of Fames. Oh, we did this all yesterday. Can't we talk about football? The Giants and Jets are playing tomorrow. They might not win, but at least we could talk about them and draft strategy if you'd like. 877-337-6666. All right, let's do the Hall of Fame talk. Let's go. Stuart in Brooklyn, you are up next on the fan. Happy New Year, Coach. Happy New Year, Stuart. How are you? It's been a while. All right, Danielle, I agree with you. They should have their own wing. Uh, definitely. You know, before they, before Barnes used steroids, he had over 500 home runs. The only reason why he did what he did, because he was jealous that McGuire and Sosa were doing what they were doing. Mm. <clears throat> Clement, I don't know when he did steroids or when he started, but well, he was he, a Hall of Fame pitcher. Well, yeah, I didn't like him. So I did the research at like 5 a.m. yesterday. Roger Clemens never failed a drug test, never this, never that, but but he's guilty in the court of public opinion because of the whole trial and all of that. So he never tested positive, actually, Clemens. All right, so, but he belongs in. I would put him in, but, you know, like every, like you said, let them have their own win. You can't erase it. And especially if you let the ringleader in, right, right, right. who encouraged it, right. you got to put them in. Yep. You can't just put one side and not the other. Right. But, um, you want to talk a little football? Yeah, but, but Stuart, I, I just want to make sure everybody listening understands that we're not advocating for Barry Bonds' plaque to be next to Derek Jeter's plaque, for example. No, it's no it's separate. Separate. And then someone on Twitter after I left yesterday was like, you kidding me? You want, you would want to be, would you want to be in the in the Hall of Shame? At, you know, a separate wing. They're calling it the Hall of Shame. I was like, you know what? Um, if it was between being in that and not being in it at all, yeah, I would want to be in there. Yes. Right, exactly. But let's get to football. Yeah. Tom Brady, <laughs> he's going to spit them out for dessert. Yep, I know. I mean, it's I'm going to say this, but the, the, the Jets and the Giants, I think, I do think that Gettleman has got to go. Say goodbye. Yeah. Let's have a party. You can have your party, whatever. But he's he hasn't done things the right way with this. He drafts Daniel Jones. What's Daniel Jones done in three years? Nothing. Yeah, I'm a Giant fan. I don't like. I don't like what I've seen. I haven't liked what I've seen since. Uh, well, maybe Eli, or maybe Eli's first win against the Patriots with that 18 and 0 season. Mm-hmm. That that season maybe. But if you look at Eli Manning's stats during the regular season, he's a barely. If he's a 500 quarterback, but the only reason why he gets in. To the Hall of Fame is two Super Bowl MVPs. Come on. <clears throat> he was an average quarterback at best. Sure. His brother was better than them. I, I definitely, Stuart, for sure. But Eli Manning is, is is a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's it, period. 
Two Super Bowls. That's what solidifies it. And I know the defense bailed him out. I know the, Ty- the David Tyree catch on the helmet. I get it. A win's a win. You're only as good as your record says you are, says Bill Parcells. You're only as good as however many Super Bowls you've uh, you've won. And yes, Peyton Manning was the better quarterback. People are on Twitter are like, oh my God, a 40-burger from Brady tomorrow? Yes, at Let's Go, Mets Go. Ray the Playmaker. Yeah. Hopefully not more. <laughs> I think they're going to have to enact the mercy rule at MetLife Stadium tomorrow. Sorry for any of the Jets fans going to that game. You know, you know when you play like uh, rec softball, rec baseball, and it's like, all right, after five innings, if you're winning by, that might happen at MetLife Stadium. We might see that at MetLife Stadium tomorrow where they say, okay, it's halftime. The Jets are losing by 46. Uh, I think we're just going to call the game off. I'm just being facetious. Hey, maybe they maybe they win. The, the Jets seem to come up big against playoff teams like the the Titans, um, and 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 the and the Bengals. And I was on the on the air after that Bengals game, and that was a fun time. But uh, hey, who knows? Who knows? Maybe the, maybe the Bucks went out partying in New York City uh, on New Year's, and uh, maybe they're not ready for the Jets. Who knows? I don't know. It could be anything. Maybe the Jets pull it off somehow. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be close. Ocean City, we go. Kevin, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Um, talking about the wing, that separate wing, I think it's I think it's a good idea. And, and we have access to a lot more information than we used to have. Right. And people want to know everything. And it is like a museum. So even if it's some of the things that aren't so good Glamorous. about baseball, they should, yeah. let's, let's talk about it and have it, the facts out there. And I got news for you. That wing would do very well. Because people want to know. It's like that old song, Dirty Laundry. We, we like that. I mean, let's face it. We like it. You know? Yeah, I, I think I think just as a, as a as a teaching mechanism, as an educational exactly. tool, you know? Exactly. And real, realism. These, these kids, they right. know. I mean, you, right. they don't want sugarcoat it. Tell them what the story. And they would like to hear that. Yep. And plus, you'd hear the truth, not the facts. Right. You know? You don't have to go in that wing if you don't want to. Exactly. But That's what I'm saying. Yes. I guarantee you that wing would do very, very well. You know, I'm trying to think, and Kevin, and I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I'm trying to think. I went to, I go to all these, all these stadiums, right? And I try to do everything I can at all these baseball stadiums. I, I, I'm at 20, and the last one that I went to was, was it the last one? Either, either way, I recently went to the Cincinnati Reds Stadium, Cincinnati Reds, and I went to the Reds Museum, which I thought was a phenomenal museum. And when I can go, when I can go into the museums and learn and do the tours and all that, I do. I couldn't do the tour of the stadium, but I did the museum, and it was one of the better museums that I've that I've been in. Whereas, like, um, you kind of like click on like players, and it's their voices telling the stories. So I have that in mind for for this wing, my my imaginary wing of the Baseball Hall of Fame, where you can click on Barry Bonds, and you you know you can you can hear the testimony of of the trial. You can maybe make it into like a game, like one of those escape rooms where you can kind of have to decide for yourself. Maybe a kid might not know, and they look at the evidence, and there's so many things that you can do with it, and and have the guys tell their stories of. You know, well, Andy Pettit, right? Didn't he say he did it to, to rehab? And maybe he can, you know, talk about why he did it, you know, what information he was presented to him and all that. And then you can maybe end it with the, the mea culpas of, of the guys like A-Rod and, and things like that. So uh, there's so many things that you could do with it. And this is like I'm, I'm, I put on my teaching brain here just, just, to, just to be educational. It's just you can't ignore it. I mean, 
Think about it. You Google who are the home who hit the most home runs ever. Like a kid in class would do that. Who, who most home runs ever? MLB. Who comes at the top? Okay. Well, why does he have an asterisk? And then you have to explain it anyway. So why as well just be make it part of it? But again, I'm not advocating for them to be put in alongside guys that may or may not have cheated already. We don't know that for a fact. We don't know any of these guys. We're we're not. We didn't go home with them. We are not them. We don't know. We didn't live in their houses. We don't, we're not sure. We can't be sure. We will never be sure that any of those guys already in didn't use any sort of performance enhancing anything. So that's what I'm saying. So make it a separate wing. Make it an educational tool because it, it is an era in baseball, the steroid era that cannot be ignored. Bob in Queens, you're up next on the fan. Yes. Hi. Good morning. Um, I'm really disappointed in what you're saying because, no, Why? these guys, I'm going to give you the reason. First of all, I consider Henry Aaron to be the all-time home run hitter. Great. And I still consider Roger Maris to be the single season record. Right. And these guys should never be allowed in the Hall of Fame. Never, ever. It is an absolute disgrace to even consider it. I mean, they have ruined, in my opinion, they've ruined the stats. They are outliers. They should not be anywhere in. They should never be considered. I can't believe people keep voting for them. They are cheaters. A-Y is a bum. Bonds is a bum. McGuire, you want me to go down the list? I can name them all. McGuire. Hey, Bob, Clemens, no, I don't want you to go down the list. We all know the names. But what I'm asking you is, is, is you just want to ignore all of that? I don't want them anywhere even considered. Consideration, and I'll tell you something else. You strike Pete me, but Bob, not- Bob, you you strike me as a baseball historian kind of guy. Am I right about that? Yes, I am. Okay, so when when you want the story of baseball to be told years from now, when when there's you know when you and I we're both long gone, you don't want the steroid era to be to be included in that. Not in the Hall of Fame. No, you want to but talk where? About it like but the- where? You want to talk about it like the black, what was it, the Black Sox scandal way back when? They talk about that. That's they in the Hall I've the never been to the Hall of Fame. Is it there? Is it in the Hall of Fame, no, the Black Sox scandal? There. It's, it's not. It's not there. But okay. what I'm saying is that they talk about it, but it, but nothing like that is ever in the Hall of Fame. And these guys should not be in the Hall of Fame either. You cannot allow people who cheat to get into the Hall of Fame or anywhere else as far as I'm concerned. It's a disgrace to even consider it. Did you ever consider that some of the guys already in there could have done it? Yes, I have. And, and? There are probably a few who have. What are you going to do? Revisionist history, take the them re- out? No. Oh. But they didn't set the all-time home run record. They didn't set the all-time season record. They didn't have, uh, like, uh, you know, like other pitchers. They didn't have all these uh, wins. I mean, certainly I don't consider, uh, you know, many of the guys who are in there now are certainly legitimate. There might be a few who snuck in there, but 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 they are the outliers. I mean, I just cannot believe that you're even considering a separate wing. Never, ever, ever, and I mean ever. I mean, until well, Bob, you and I are going to vehemently ever. disagree on this. It is part of the fabric of baseball here, Bob, and you cannot just turn a blind eye uh, to, to history of baseball. It's part of it. That's well, it. 
All right. Well, we have a we have a disagreement. By we the do. way, I just want to say I like you as a. Uh, I think you got a very good program here. Thank you. And when you have that big party, I wish you'd announce it because I want to come and meet you. Ah, Bob, thanks so much. I appreciate that. See, we can get along here, and we have differing, vehement di- differing opinions, and we get along here, Bob. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. You take care. Have a good day. You too. Happy New Year. See that? That's how we do it. That's how we do it here. He's got a, a, an opinion that I, I vehemently oppose. And yet we still get along, and he's still going to come to the party if I ever do it. COVID, uh, COVID, we'll wait for that to be totally, totally eradicated. Well, not really. I don't think it ever is going to be eradicated. But, you know, when the, the positivity rate isn't what it is currently. Should we do one more, Brian, or should we go to we'll do one more? Okay. Okay, let's go to uh, Jersey City. Brady, you're up on the fan. How you doing? Happy New Year, Danielle. Happy New Year to you. Um, just calling. Just uh, I know you don't want to talk uh, Hall of Fame. No, and no, football. it's okay. Not, we can do it. There's nothing to talk about for football, as far as I can. Yeah, I know. But uh, um, as far as Hall of Fame, an interesting person that nobody ever brings up, and I just wanted to throw it out there and sure. see what your thoughts on it was. Um, you talk about Scott Rowland and all, all these other guys. Mm-hmm. I hear people calling and talking about. But growing up in the '90s, there was really not a more dominant hitter than Albert Bell, and like he is. He's kind of like he gets the same treatment. I know his name might have been mentioned with the steroids, you know, but he hasn't been one of those frontliner guys of steroids. He's kind of just known as just like not so much a nice guy, which kind of really has nothing to do with baseball, as far as I'm concerned. You know, There's a lot of nice, Brady, that's a good thing. Not you br- nice guys in the Hall of Fame. I know that you bring that up, and, and it's it's part of, and we were talking about this yesterday a little bit that that people. It's the baseball writers, right, that are part of the election here, and and it's like, all right, well, I said this yesterday. Like the one, the one person that may not have voted for Derek Jeter because there was one. Maybe it's someone that asked him for an interview one time, and he told them no, and, and they, okay, oh, they never yeah. let that go, and then boom, they're gonna bang him on the on the Hall of Fame ballot, and they say no. I'm going to be the only one that says no because in 1997 he didn't give me an interview in Fenway Park, something like that. So yeah, I, I understand that the voting process might be a little. Uh, skewed let's just say yeah 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 i mean and and if if you want to i'm totally cool with the wing idea i was listening yesterday Mm -hmm. i think it's a part of history and you know and like the other caller said previously you do ticket sales outside that wing and you'll see people people want to see and go and 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 learn definitely a part of history that you can't you can't forget about you know you don't want to repeat it right 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 but uh you know then you got to throw then you can throw pete rose in that wing you can throw other guys in there and make it a thing and just you know okay you're right he's not next to jeter but he's you know he's there and if you want to go to the wing you do if you don't you don't keep walking that's that's all happy new year danielle yeah thanks brady appreciate you too uh exactly Case in point. All right, let's uh, let's. I got to give my Giants prediction, and we're running out of time here, so I'm out of here at one. Let's do Giants prediction coming up next here on the Fan in New York City. It starts with welcome back to Danielle in the daytime, a carton in the midday here on the Fan in New York City. Happy New Year on this New Year's Eve here in New York City. Hey, you know what? I, I took, I said it before, I took a little detour through uh, Times Square on my way here before. I was a little early and I was like, you know what? There's no traffic. Let me try it. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. I'm going to post the picture up in a little bit as soon as I get out of here, which is 1 o'clock. So um, if you guys want to give me a call, 877-337-6666. If you are just tuning in now, maybe you're just waking up, uh, the news that uh, the NFL world has lost another Titan. <laughs> Um, it was uh, John Madden four days ago. 
And uh, Dan Reeves has passed away, a football lifer, former Giants head coach. He was named NFL Coach of the Year in his first year with the team. Dan Reeves uh, passing away earlier this morning. The Reeves family uh, released a statement to NFL Network's Mike Garofalo that reads, quote, legendary NFL player and coach Dan Reeves passed away early this morning, peacefully and surrounded by his loving family at his home in Atlanta, Georgia. He passed away due to complications from a long illness. His legacy will continue through uh, I guess continue on through his many friends, players, and fans, as well as the rest of the NFL community. Arrangements are still to be determined. So our condolences on this morning, the first day of 2022, to the family of Dan Reeves, family, friends, players, former players, you know, uh, colleagues of Dan Reeves. And uh, he was 77 years old. And from Dan Reeves and winning Coach of the Year from with the Giants in, what was it, 93, 4, 93, I think it was, to this current Giants. Uh, the 4-11 and Giants at the 5-10 and Chicago Bears. Is this a game the Giants can win? We'll see. I mean, first, uh, the last I've seen, I don't think the Giants have named a starting quarterback uh, yet, I don't think. And so you've got a guy in, in Fromm who said of his only career start last week, in which his passer rating was a 19.4. He said, I wish I could have played better. It's not the way I wanted to represent myself, my family, of course, the organization. I don't think it gets much worse than that. And then you got a guy named Mike Glennon who said of his relief appearance, quote, I would say it's not ideal. So slim pickings if you're uh, Joe Judge and the Giants. I can't wait till everyone starts pinning this one on the coach. Who are you picking? Well, if it's me... I'm going with the same exact game plan as last week, though. It was Fromm's first career start. You got to cut him a little bit of slack. I mean, that's all you can do, right? I mean, and if and when he stinks, you bring in Glennon to clean the mess up. I mean, really. And Joe Judge said, and we talked about it earlier in the week, he said, I would expect to see both guys play. Here it is. So, like, which matchup am I going to be watching tomorrow? Well, I liked, I'd like to look at... Um, He's a rookie. You you know him because we talked about him here. He was the one I wanted the Giants to draft. Aziz Oljulari versus that Bears offensive line. You know, you thought the Giants offensive line was bad. We talk about it all the time. Every time I walk through this door, we're talking about the Giants offensive line. Well, the Bears is worse. <laughs> I mean, they, the Bears offensive line is tied for 31st in the league in sacks allowed. The Bears, not the Giants. I know. And Ojulari has got eight sacks so far in the season. I think he's going to get at least two to reach the double digits. I think he's going to do it tomorrow. And Ojolari said, if it happens, it happens. The main thing is trying to win and get and get the dub. That's what Ojolari said. The second thing I'm going to watch, there has been so much buildup around this Kenny Galladay zero touchdowns thing this entire week that I think they're just going to force feed him the ball. I will be picking him as an anytime touchdown scorer for anybody keep track at home. And then three, if the Giants can actually really shut down Darnell Mooney, who is the only Bears current and active, somewhat good wide receiver on their roster, uh, I think they're going to have a chance to win this game, and, and they could do it. And Because the Giants have played wide receivers very well, actually, in the past defense. Uh, and when you look at yards per attempt, yards per catch allowed. So those two categories, the Giants are ranked, I think it's Sixth and fourth, respectively, or fourth and sixth. But either way, pretty good in pass protection, this Giants, uh, uh, pass defense, this Giants defense is. And who said the Giants are not playing for anything? I know they're eliminated from the playoffs, but they do hold the Bears' first round pick for this draft. And if the Bears lose on Sunday to the Giants, the pick could, could, with, with some help, 
get back into the top five overall, which is ahead of the Giants' own pick as it stands right now. And if the Bears win, the pick would kind of likely remain around number eight. Of course, all this dependent on everything else that happens around the league. So the point spread is the Giants are six-point underdogs. And, you know, I just, all of this quarterback uncertainty at this point in time, not for one week, it's been for two weeks now. It's It has to have an effect on the others on the field, probably more profoundly than anyone really wants to admit. I mean, no Kadarius Tony, no Ross, not even a wide receiver named Colin Johnson is going to be playing in this game for the Giants. So who's going to be catching the passes? Kenny Galladay and, and, and Evan Ingram? Who's going to be throwing him? The Giants averaged 16.5 points per game on the season, but 12.3 over the last three games. That's good for a tie to second to last with the Houston Texans. I hope I'm wrong. I say this all the time. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going Bears 20, Giants 10. I hope I'm wrong. Chicago Bears 20, Giants 10. Do with that what you may, what you like. Bears 20, Giants 10. I'm sorry. Sorry, Giants fans. All right, let's go to the, back to the phones at 877-337-6666 in Mohegan. Ed, you're up next on The Fan. Happy New Year. How Happy are you? Happy New Year. Okay, here we go. Here we go. My last, steroid, my last steroid remark ever. I'm done. Okay. If you go back, I mean, I've, I've been watching since the 70s. And okay. I remember, you know, when, when Gaylord Perry used to doctor the ball, we all thought it was funny. Like, it got to the point where, as a kid, as an adult, no one complained. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he was even going to do a Vaseline commercial. He wrote a book in 74 mm-hmm. called Me and the Spitter, where he, based, he admitted it. But he still went into the Hall of Fame in 91. Mm-hmm. There's no mention on his plaque about the spitter. Mm-hmm. And nobody cares. Nobody, you, when I, in other words, I bring my, because you said it yesterday, it's a museum. So if I bring my kid to Cooperstown, yes. I want him to know who Gaylord Perry was or Ty Cobb right. who was also let off the hook. Yes. And also, you know, and, and even in, in 98 when McGuire and Sosa were, were battling, the, no way, everyone would joke about how they were Jews. Yes. No one got sanctimonious and cared. But since Ken Seiko wrote a book, everybody all of a sudden decided, well, that's terrible. No, I want Barry Bonds and, and, uh, and and the rest and Clemens in the Hall of Fame, they belong in the Hall of Fame. It, it, educated baseball people understand that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and A Rod were Hall of Famers. I don't think McGuire and Palmero were Hall of Famers anyway, mm-hmm. but those three we know are, and it's fine. People don't care; they just don't. They want to see their heroes. It's a museum. You don't need a separate wing. Because Gaylord Perry, I'm sure, is next to somebody who didn't do something wrong. And he admitted it, and they still let him in. Mm. And you could say, well, okay, it's a doctored ball. I mean, it's still cheating. It's just a matter of it degree. Mm-hmm. Whitey Ford used to cut the ball with his wedding ring. Sometimes Yogi Berra or Elston Howard, excuse me, would cut the ball on his shin guard. Mm. And, he, and he talked about how he thought it was okay, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Mm. And Elston Howard has and, and it's just And the list goes on and on and on. But to keep certain guys out, like Pete Rose, like Shrewis Joe, like Eddie Seacott, like Buck Weaver, like all of these guys who did stuff, it's ridiculous. I mean, Pete Rose actually has more, he's more famous for gambling and not being in the Hall of Fame. So he's more famous 
for not being in the Hall of Fame. More people know about him. Yeah. Thank you for letting me filibuster. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Ed, it's, it, it, they're all good points, and that's why. And those are all good points. I mean, it's a museum. You're, it's meant to be learned. You learn about these things, right? We talked about this yesterday, and I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I don't know if I would let all of those guys in, let's be honest, because now we're just talking individual players. I'm talking about steroid era. It is the entire era. And I don't want to get into Pete Rose, Brian. We're not taking any calls on Pete Rose. We're talking about the steroid era guys. Um, and then it depends. Were they a Hall of Famer before or after, you know, before the, taking the steroids? And I, I'd argue that Barry Bonds was, and maybe A-Rod was too. So I, I don't know. I, I just think uh, I think you're right, and that's a great point and a great anecdotal story that, that you told there. Um, I've never been there, so I don't know which uh, where he is in there. But you know what? I have to get to Cooperstown. I know. Don't kill me. I know. I know. Uh, Mount Vernon, we go. Mike, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, too. Hey, so two quick comments about something I heard you mention the other day. Um, I agree. The pass interference call should be moved to a 15-yard penalty. And you could still give discretion to the official to make it a spot foul if it's egregious. Yeah, I like that. That's a good little addendum to that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is you mentioned um, uh, in baseball the challenges and the instant replay. Mm -hmm. You know, baseball is my favorite sport, so Mm -hmm. I'm fine with it being a long game. You don't need to make it longer. I know. If the umpire has to make the call in real time, you should have five seconds to challenge. That's it. Yes. Either challenge right away. That's it. No. Don't. And don't don't don't, look, don't put your finger up. Like yeah. Don't give the wait, wait a minute finger. Like we got to watch exactly. it on our own end. No. It that's a manager a managerial decision. That's it. Make it. You got five exactly. seconds. I like it too. Good. We agree. Yeah. For sure. All right. Happy and happy New Year. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks, Mike. You too. And as far as replay in baseball, I mean, yes. I mean, you got to watch the guy trudge over to the the side, put the things on. I mean, really, why can't they have like a like like the XFL did? We talked about this the other day. The the XFL got it right when they had like a a, a, a overseer of all the games that would kind of just make the call if there was ever a questionable call. No need to even challenge. Just have somebody there as like a quality control kind of person. Yes, because like you said, you said it beautifully. I'm a baseball fan too. I'm fine with the long game. I'm fine with no clock. But when you start adding all this crap in and you just keep elongating the game, you literally lose me. And I'm a baseball fan. You lose me when you go to a commercial. You say, oh, they're going to challenge commercial. Oh, actually, they're still they're still looking at it. We're going to go back to it. I mean, done. I'm done at that point. I'm like, all right, I'll just, you know what? I'll just catch it later. I'll catch the highlights on Twitter, honestly, really. I'm with you. And as far as the the, the pass interference, that that ha- there's there's got to be – that has to be brought up in the committees uh, at the end of the season. They meet uh, – the rules committee, they meet. It has to be brought up. These penalties and, – and I'm just talking in general. I hate it to begin with. You know, okay, let's see. Let, let's run a Hail Mary at the end of the, the, end of the game, and we're going to throw the – chuck the ball up 65 yards, hope for a penalty, and then, boom, spike the ball and get a field goal attempt. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. Make a pass interference, like you said. I, I said it the other day, make it a 10- or a 15-yard penalty. And if it's egregious, I like that little addendum. Then you can make it into a spot foul if it's egregious. I like that. See? We're getting somewhere. We're problem-solving. I love that. New Haven, Connecticut. Tom, you're up next on the fan. Hey, Daniel. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tom. Uh, nice nice to hear you uh, hear you on the air for extended, uh, extended days. Um, I love it, too. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to quickly say that um, uh, regarding, you know, the question of whether um, steroid users should be in the in the hall, um, my judgment was being clouded for a while because I was thinking about the fact that Major League Baseball condoned it, mm-hmm. you know, looked the other way. And the commissioner and so, is in 
the Hall of Fame that allowed yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So that was for a while that was causing me to kind of downplay or diminish the players' accountability. You know, like, well, you know, the, you know, they, um, you know, they felt that it was they felt they could get away with it, and every every all these people were doing it. No. So now the way I'm looking at it is, irregardless of what of Major League Baseball's role. If players choose to do it, they should be held accountable because um, it wasn't right. It wasn't fair to the players that were not, that chose to not do it. It gave them advantages, not just on the field, but also in terms of, you know, monetary advantage of like, oh, okay, well, you know, they're going to get more money, Mm -hmm. better contract Mm -hmm. than the players who chose to play by the rules. So, uh, but I agree with your point. I think that if a player, like Bonds, um, if his numbers justify getting in up until the point right. that we know he started, okay, then let them in. But also, you know, I think the Hall should, should have it, should make it be known he's getting in on these numbers because these numbers, okay. right? Yeah. Yep. Make the differentiation there, Tom. Yeah, I'm with you. And you know what? Right before I go, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, there's, a, there's a field of dreams like – game here that could be like it could be in our area remember the field of dreams game you know the whole thing there could be one here and there's a renewed push for one and and would it work would you want it is it overkill i want to get your thoughts on that and it's going to be local like hyper local okay so i don't want to give away all the marbles just yet i'll explain it you tell me what you think at 877-337-6666 McCartney in the midday here on the fan in New York City. Happy New Year, everybody. It's been great. Four in a row. Love this. Love this little midday thing at four in a row. Welcome aboard. Happy New Year. Glad you're spending your 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 holiday, your your first day of your new year, and you chose to spend it with me and with Brian Rescona. We appreciate it. And with Ed Arduman a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, just something that came across my Twitter feed the other night. You know how uh MLB had a game at the Field of Dreams. Of course you did. I mean, it drew 5.9 million viewers. And the Yankees, you know, that team, they played in it. Well, I saw that there's now a push by the mayor of Patterson and a former All-Star, Harold Reynolds. Harold Reynolds. Say that 10 times fast. Now he's on the MLB Network. You know who he is. Um, They want to host one of those style games at Hinchliffe Stadium in Patterson. Yeah, the mayor Patterson said this is something that has to happen for our society. Hinchlift uh, helped integrate baseball. Hinchlift. Built in 1932, Hinchlift Stadium is, he said, just one of two. This is the mayor Patterson says this. One of two of the Negro League ballparks still standing. The problem is it's actually in really, it's disarray. I mean, there's already a $94 million renovation project underway. Willie Randolph, CeCe Sabathia, Larry Doby were there with shovels in hand on April 14th. So, if there's already a restoration project underway and there's an immense amount of history, almost 100 years tied to Hinchliffe Stadium, like, why not? I'd be at that game. I'll tell you that much. And I'm all for it. I mean, it would be a tremendous draw for our area. And did you see what the draw was for the Field of Dream games? That's a fictional field. This is an actual historical site. And at the same time, the field wouldn't lie dormant. It'd be an actual field for kids to use. You can already guess the background that I come from, teaching and coaching. Investing in kids is the best service we can do as adults. So it is a total green light for me. I hope it happens. I would think it would be, we're talking about baseball history here, revisionist history, this and that. 
let, let's do a, 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 a Negro League sort of kind of game, um, you know, like a, a, an ode to the Negro Leagues at Hinchliffe Stadium, Patterson. I think it's a great idea, especially since it's already underway, the renovation project. It's not like, a, you know, because of that reason. It's historical. The Field of Dreams was a movie, and look how well it did. I like it. Let's do it. West Babylon, Pat, you're up next on the fan. Uh, how you doing, Danielle? Uh, Pat from West Babylon. Um, I've enjoyed listening to you the last four days. It's been terrific. Thank Thanks you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, um, just want to make a quick point. You want to make the uh, you know want to make a separate wing from the Hall of Fame. Um, I know you didn't want to talk about Pete Rose anymore, but if I could just bring something up quick. Uh, all right, quick. Okay. <laughs> um, when I was in Cooperstown years ago. And it was a big push to get Pete Rose out of the Hall of Fame. I went to the Hall of Fame, and the first thing you see before you pay for admission to the Hall of Fame is a big display, and it says Pete Rose breaks hit record back in back in the eighties. Actually, on the grounds of the museum. On the grounds of the museum, mm-hmm. when you walk in the door. See that? So the point is, is that even if you keep these steroid people out of the Hall of Fame. They, they they still exploit the images of these people when you walk in the door. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like you say in the museum association for teaching for history. Well they can put all the you can they can put all the steroid references in the in the museum part, but keep the Hall of Fame information keep all these people out of the Hall of Fame in the Hall of Fame area. Yeah, I guess so, Pat, and it's a good point there, but but a lot of this, uh, no, I don't want to say a lot. Some of these guys in that era were were, were good enough to be Hall of Famers before it started. Um like I understand. I understand what you're saying. And someone actually sent me a picture on Twitter that they do. I I, I know it's sacrilegious. I've never been to the, the Cooperstown, but uh, at Michael A underscore oh eight nine one. Michael, I hope you're still listening. But he said he sent me a picture of the in the shadows of Homer's. And there's a little little glass enclosure of a Sosa and a McGuire jersey and a bat. So I'm just going to retweet this. So everybody sees. Uh, he said it's much bigger than this, but there's an entire exhibit in Cooperstown that explains the steroid era. Cool. Maybe McGuire wasn't good enough to get in before it. Maybe Sosa wouldn't be good enough to get in anyway. But but guys that are able to get in anyway, I, I think should be in there in their own little own little section. Eddie in Islip, you're up next on the fan. Hi. Hey, Eddie. Good to, good to be with you. Happy New Year to you and your family. Thank Erica. you, you too. I just wanted to talk about the Yankees. Uh, I don't know. Do you think? Do you think they're going to do anything in terms of trade? Oh, there just better. seems to be so many spots. You know, center field, first base, shortstop. Let's and, talk about their subpar catcher and their non-existent starting rotation. You know, uh, doesn't strike fear in anybody's hearts. Yeah, I'm with you. They have a lot of holes the Yankees do. The other thing, you know, give Kyle a way to chance. He, he is... Fast as lightning, put him in the clean off spot. I mean, the the first spot in the batting. Did you order. say Tyler Wade? Yeah, uh, Eddie. I, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to burst your bubble there, Tyler. Uh, Eddie, but Tyler Wade. Uh, he doesn't play for the Yankees anymore. He's an Angel now. He plays for the Angels. So I'm with you. Uh, they used him as a role player beautifully down that stretch here, stealing bases. This and that. He's a great base runner. All that. But unfortunately, he can't play for the Yankees. He is on the Angels now. Uh, to Wasim, Wasim in Clifton, you're up on the fam. Hey, hey, uh, happy New Year's. Thank you for having me. Excited to be on. Yeah, I'm calling about Hinchcliffe Stadium, Patterson, New Jersey. You know, big shout out to you. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, thanks. You know, I'm from Clifton. 
Clifton, New Jersey, which neighbors Patterson, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And in this era of, you know, racial justice, and we talk about investing in communities, Patterson, New Jersey is the perfect place to do it. As you mentioned, the city's already investing, and it actually exists right across the street from a national park, which is the Great Falls of Patterson. I've never been but, there. It's on the list. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I think that, you know, um, this would be uh, a really good action on the part of Major League Baseball to, you know, bring attention to this historic park. You know, we talk about the Negro League yeah. and all that players went through and uh, all they did to strive to, to be able to play, you know, with all the talent that they had. And I think that this is the time where Major League Baseball can, you know, uh, repay that effort by bringing attention to this project by bringing baseball to Patterson and inner city where where baseball is very big to be honest little league is very big mm-hmm. in this area mm-hmm. in North Jersey so uh, uh shout out to you you know I want to give a disclaimer uh Mayor Andre Sayeg is a Mets fan and he and I uh, don't agree on that I'm a diehard Yankee fan <laughs> but uh what he's doing for the city hey but we're, all, doing for baseball. Yeah, we're all baseball fans right so yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah at the end of the day yes we're all baseball fans um so I would love to see, uh, you know, the Field of Dreams or a Field of Dreams light, light game, game, as you right. mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be there too. You know, I know that the stadium would be packed, and it would be great to see uh, Major League Baseball, you know, put Patterson on the map, put Hinchcliffe Stadium on the map, and bring baseball to kids to enjoy in their backyard. I'd yep. love to see it. Love to see it too. Thank you. I appreciate that call there. Uh, let's go. Uh, listen, we're, we're a little tight on time here, so I'm good. You're good. Happy New Year, everybody here on hold. Let's just look. Everybody that calls deserves to get on, so we're just going to buzz right through this, okay? Uh, keep them short. Don't make them 5,000 points. Get right to the point here, okay, everybody? I just want to make sure that everybody gets in before we hit the close music, okay? Matt at the Jersey Shore. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, Danielle. Hey. Uh, I'm doing an encore. I'm, I'll make this quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I wanted to weigh in on the uh, steroid ball players that uh, whether or not to go into the Hall of Fame. Um, I was never for that. I believed in the purity of baseball Mm -hmm. and felt like they really tarnished that. But obviously the older I got and the more I learned about the game, Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know what, there's just so much that happened that it's just one one more chapter. But you know what, for people like A-Rod, who I wish I was never part of the Yankees in the first place, if we can go back in time, the fact that he cheated is not the worst part. The part that the worst part to me is that he emphatically lied about it and you know tried to really fight to make people believe he was innocent, even though he he mm-hmm. knew full well he wasn't. Right. That's, that's all I wanted to say on that. Yeah. Right. And and yes, you're right about that. Uh, you know, there's no denying that. To Brooklyn we go. Mike, you're up next on the fan. Happy New Year to you, uh, uh, Diane. Um, Danielle, it's okay, Mike. I'll let it slide. Happy New Year. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Danielle. That's okay. Uh, I just want to say this about the steroids thing. The whole thing started with Conseco, the Conseco book. Yes. A few years later after that, I I remember calling the fan and talking to Steve Summers about it, but um, a few years after that, Conseco tweeted out, there's somebody in the Hall of Fame that, that I played with yeah. that took roids. Uh-huh. So... Um, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, right. And here we are, right? I mean, I mean, no, I, I have. If you look at some stats, at some people, you can figure it out. I don't, I don't want to mention any names because no one has really mentioned it, really. But if you go back, because I'll put it this way: he played with this player on the Rangers, and 
this guy had had more strikeouts in his 40s than in his 30s. Mm. Check it out. All right, I will, Mike. Th- thanks Happy for that. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Uh, to f- I will check that out. To Fort Lee we go. If anybody on Twitter wants to, just to do it for me, I'd be, I'd be very eternally grateful to you. Um, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N there, if you wanted to do that. Uh, to Fort Lee we go. And Pat, you are up next on the fan. Hi. How Hi. are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, I had called the other day about the Hall of Fame thing, but when I got on the air, I kind of choked. Oh, that's okay. Um, You're allowed to call back. Go ahead. Yeah. Did you write it down uh, this time? Well... No, but I have it in my my head. Okay. I have two, two points that I that I would like to ask you, and I'm curious as to your opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first point that I tried to make the other day was that Sammy Sosa, mm-hmm. who has been convicted of being on droids, whatever they're called, right? Yeah, uh, and he has a court bat. And he, yes. and, he got, and he his bat broke open and it was caught. Yes. Do you think this man belongs on the Hall of Fame ballot? No, I don't, Pat. And that's a simple answer there. No, I don't think so. But I don't think he was a Hall of Famer even before any of that. I don't think Sammy Sosa is a Hall of Famer. And I don't think Mark McGuire is a Hall of Famer either. To have a straw. And Jim, you're up on the fan. Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Debbie, Diane, Dolly. Danielle? Danielle, happy new year. All right, Jim. Now you're starting off on a bad foot already. Let's go. Come on, let's get to it. I I got three minutes left in my show. Oh, sorry. Um, Everybody's calling up, um, you know, with the steroids, and all I hear is about the player. If you're you're going to build another building next to it, whatever you're going to do, everybody goes in. The suit and tie, the marker, the advertiser, everybody knew. Everybody was making money. The balls were flying. The seats were getting filled. Well, Jim, you taking a you taking a line from my opening monologue yesterday? Yes. Yeah. Well, so I, so I, I didn't hear it. I apologize. That's okay. But every person, every person that is calling is just naming the baseball player. I mean, even the, the players who were already established mm-hmm. and weren't um, taking steroids loved it because in the CBA, they were driving market. I mean, it wasn't good the player who was trying to get in because he then had to take steroids to level out the playing Correct. field. But, you know, you're driving up the rates of positions. I mean, it everything. was everything. everybody. And everybody, everything. Jim, everybody was in on it. Yes, it was the worst kept secret ever. Uh, we have two minutes left in the show here, everybody, so make this quick. Andre and Patterson, you're up next on the fan. Danielle, what? how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Andre. So I happen to be the mayor of the city of Patterson. Oh, get out! Oh, wow. Oh, I wish we had more time. You know what, Andre? What? Can we get your information? And I'm going to be on next Saturday. Do you want to, do you want to talk about this in depth next Saturday? Of course. Okay. I heard a caller from Clifton mention me by name. And yes, I am a proud, long-suffering <laughs> Mets fan. And we're bringing him to the stadium back. All right, Andre. All right, Brian. I'm gonna. I don't know how to do this. Can I just put him on hold? You get his phone number. I'm going to. Andre, we're, we, I, got, I got you for next week. We'll go in depth on this, okay? You got it, Danielle. All Again, right. my profound gratitude to you, and I wish you a happy and, most importantly, a healthy new year. Uh, thank you. You too. We'll talk We'll talk throughout the week. We'll talk throughout the week. All right, Brian, I don't know how to do this. He's got it. Oh, he's doing it. He's doing it, Andre. Thank you. Okay. All right. And the final caller of the day, Gary, I literally have 30 seconds. Go ahead. Danielle, real quick. Yeah. Um, um, in regards to the COVID, we get a vaccine that creates antibodies in us. Mm-hmm. 
Now, if he's had, if he's had COVID, he's developed antibodies that are good for at least 90 days. Well, we're all not doctors, but okay, he, sure. Why, why can't he play? It's the same thing. According to science, you, you having COVID, creating antibodies, is the same thing that uh-huh. the shot does uh-huh. that it creates antibodies. Uh-huh. So why isn't he able to play? Gary, good. I like you keeping that short and succinct. Uh, the, the, the fast answer to this is I don't know. He can't play um, in New York City. He can play elsewhere. That That is a uh, upper management decision, et cetera, and it's the mayor of New York's decision. I, I don't have the answer to that. I wish I did. So thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you. I love coming here and talking with you. Have a happy, healthy, safe New Year to you and your family. If you missed any portion of today's show, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature. Select the start, which was 10 a.m. at 11.20. Great friend of the show, Tampa Bay Bucks sideline reporter T.J. Reeve joins us. Great job to Big Zoo, Brian Rascona. Both behind the glass and Marco on the updates. Just a quick shout out to Spike and David. These middays have been so much fun over the past couple days. I will see you again Saturday night into Sunday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. In the meantime, you guys hit my social media, Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we'll keep this conversation going throughout the week. Joe Gino up next here on The Fan in New York City. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.